Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin Le Mans Cup on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. A very warm welcome, everybody, to Portimao in Portugal for the sixth and final round of the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup. A beautiful day in prospect. Still quite early here. We're 20 to 9 local time for a Sunday race in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, a combination of prototypes and GT cars. And there is an idea of where this track turns left and right. What you don't get from that track presentation is where it goes up and down, though. And there is massive gradient change here at Portimao. Still a relatively young circuit. It will be 10 years old next year. And the cars are now being released onto the track. There's a little bit of news to bring to you from qualifying into the race. We'll get to that in due course. My name's Johnny Palmer. I'm joined, as always, by Bruce Jones for this weekend. We enjoyed qualifying, back-to-back indeed, qualifying for ELMS and the Michelin Le Mans Cup yesterday in glorious conditions. And it's set to be a bit of a racing fest today with a two-hour race to kick things off and the four-hour ELMS race later on today. Yeah, thoroughly looking forward to it. Absolutely adore the... Algarve International Circuit. As you can see, look at the screen. Wonderful dips and turns. That's coming out of turn nine up to turn ten, which is perhaps the meanest corner on the circuit. Conditions absolutely perfect, but qualifying. How much drama could we fit into the short periods of time? Well, let's cut straight to the chase. Uh, Raymond Voss managed to take the pole in the GT3 class, but uh, he's at the back of the grid, so he's got a lot to do. But you said he's been a, a magnet for problems through the course here. Maybe he's got it out of the way before the race. Yeah. Certainly had a big smile on his face yesterday. Hopefully he'll have one at the end. Well, I think, he, uh, you know, to a certain extent, he'll be pleased they've got the speed, and it can be argued... How important is a grid ahead of a two-hour race? It will develop uh, clearly uh, from that, uh, the, the order of the cars from pure qualifying speed yesterday. And it might mean that he can stay out of trouble, actually, as well, at the back of the field. The problem at uh, Paul Ricard is that uh, he was stuck in the middle of the pack and got involved in a shunt that wasn't entirely of his own making. No, look, so we do have a problem in front of us. Is that the Spirit of Race LMP3 car? I think it's probably one of the... Way a little bit. One of the graph machines, I think, either 39 or 65. Looks like his front right brake is uh, catching fire, so the team hopefully will be finding out. That's coming out of the penultimate corner. You're right, it's number 65, not 55. I jumped too fast, so that's... Uh Adrian Chila should be at the wheel of that, bringing it around to the grid. That was going to be starting from fifth. Whether it makes it back... Deary me. Drama on a quiet Sunday morning. Not so quiet for him. Well, the tyre is coming... Com- is I don't think the wheel's off. on. The wheel's not been put on that car correctly, or something has failed. And probably the loose wheel is now fouling the brake disc, perhaps. But there is smoke or... Yes, it will be tyre smoke or brake smoke pouring off that front right corner of the 65 car, which isn't even yet round to the, the dummy grid, well, let alone the green flag lap. Yes, yeah, tyre smoke, the bodywork is sitting down, and it's cutting into that tyre. You can see, see, the, see the grooves it's cutting in, so how far round the lap? It's a longish lap here, but uh, it was right at the end. It was uh, turn 15 where it starts swooping down the hill through to turn 16, and there goes the tyre, so we can have a look at it, but that ain't ideal in terms of preparation for this two-hour race. He's going to have it fixed on the grid because he's not made it into the pit lane. His tyre has, though. That's quite yeah. handy. 
and it's going to come to a rest now, in fact. So thankfully it's not going to uh, become loose and dangerous as such, but it parted company, Just went for the pit lane. smoke there is in the background there. Of course, there's a big dip on the start-finish straight. Everyone else having a quiet time on the grid, but they would have seen that car. It was uh, at the front end of the line uh, because it was uh, going to be starting from fifth place on the grid. So for Graf, they've got... Uh, a little bit of drama ahead of their race. The other car is sitting pretty on the grid, but 65 is going to have to be pushed to its starting position and then had that extra part that might be required for the racing added to it. So drama plenty and a few more mechanics required because the car will feel quite heavy at the back of the grid there, particularly as it's founding. Cameras are running up towards it and they will film the car being uh, pushed in shortly, but uh, news being imparted that uh, more parts needed. And there you can see one wheel missing from my wagon. So you're quite right. I think it was a, a faulty fit on the wheel on a Sunday morning. Yeah, and whether that's a mistake from one of the mechanics or just, well, you would hope that it's not part of the uh, a failure, perhaps, on that Ligier. They're often triple-locked, these wheels, so that if one security measure fails, the wheel is still kept on. But uh, towards the end of the green flag lap, that parting company, uh, just uh, please, it didn't happen in the race, frankly, and I'm sure so is uh, Adrian Schiller, as you say, down to start that car with the silver-graded Emmanuel Cart in the uh, French squad. Graf, in fact, are, have two cars here this weekend. A first appearance for a 39 car. We have seen the 40 machine represented in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. The 65 has been with us all year. And this car is going to be wheeled now, threaded between the cars that are already on the grid, into its rightful fifth position. And they've just managed to achieve that. So well done to the mechanics. Bit of a workout they hadn't expected ahead of this two-hour race. The final round, great championship this year. Really well supported. Kicked off in Monza. Seems a very long time ago, Johnny. It was only May. And those two races at Le Mans. Red Bull Ring, Paul Ricard, Spa, Francorchamps, And here to end it. What a great selection of circuits, with the exception of Monza and Le Mans. Plenty of gradient change to be played with through the years. So uh, nothing strange to them. And it looks like Raymond Voss's car is in the pit lane at the moment. Yes, you can just see it in the shot on the back left in the pit lane is the car that will be starting at the back of the grid, the number five Ram racing Mercedes. Maybe it's going to make a pit lane start. It's going to be out of trouble anyhow. Well, that's the thing. Now that the car's been put to the back of the grid, some teams take the decision to start the car from the pit lane and just that little bit further back so that they, they very definitely stay out of trouble and aren't involved in some kind of turn one or two shunt. The number eight car qualified in third position in the GT3 category. Engine cover of this Lamborghini Huracan is off. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. This is a team, the SVC Sport Management Lamborghini Huracan of Cedric Mezar, who will start, and Stevie S, the co-driver. There is Lee Mole from Bangor in North Wales originally, and races both in the British GT Championship and also uh, here in the... Michelin Le Mans Cup. He's back with his regular co-driver, Phil Keane. It was Phil's birthday on Friday, I think. So happy birthday to Phil Keane for that. And Phil back in the ranks now, having taken the previous round away at Spa because he was busy on British GT duty. So great shots from around this magnificent circuit. But for Lee Mole, he's fighting for that championship. He's uh, seven yes. points down on Babini and Busnelli. And they are starting ahead of him on the grid. They're the one row in front. So a lot to fight for here. But with Phil Keane, he's got a very, very useful second bullet in the gun, has he not? Car 22, just taking a look at that uh, down sort of mid-grid. No, towards the tail, that's uh, Jim Maguire, back end of the P3 class. But uh, let's see where he can go with Matt Bell taking over later in the race. There is the car that's uh, leading the way in the GT3 class. That's uh, 
Busnelli, he'll be starting. You have the, the bronze or the junior driver, if you will, the less experienced driver kicking off in a lot of these cars uh, will be starting and then it'll be handed over to Fabio Babini. So look out for that black Lamborghini been going very strongly all season, but it's been a great battle between uh, the mole car. But in fact, because Phil Keane missed that round, he cannot take the championship, but his teammate can. So that's right. hoping when he hands it over that uh, Phil will finish the job. But uh, it's a clear, it's a clear fight between the two. The Gulf livery looks fantastic on the other United Autosports car. Richard Mines will be starting that, and then handing over to Andrew Bentley and. Uh, Richard, for so many years, racing in, in historic machinery as well. But uh, a lot of people have lapped up the chance to uh, grab these P3 cars. It, it's, it's put a whole new colour on the palette, Johnny, over the past couple of years, the P3 class. It's allowed people to race prototypes who wouldn't have done it before. Yeah, and uh, it's blossoming in other countries as well as on the European stage. But uh, it's a great way of either getting into prototype racing, if you're a youngster, a silver driver, or indeed... Uh, for those that have been racing in various other different categories, historics as well, just a, a chance to, to dip the toe in the water and race P3s, even if you've no intention to get to you know P, P2 standard and beyond. This is the N-Race car, which is number 99, which qualified in 10th position, and our Costa to start that machine. Look at that view, Johnny. If people have never been to the circuit, it's much steeper than it looks there. This is the highest point. This is effectively turn 12. What you cannot see, where the track in the middle of the screen goes, it dips. It dips the extent you cannot see over the bonnet. You cannot see the track. Then you go into compression up and you're immediately turning left, continue up the hill. Then you run along the ridge at the top Mm. where the cars can be seen against the skyline. Absolutely brilliant. Photographers love it. Drivers like it even more. Car 55. Claudio Stanovic, uh, Spirit of Race car. That was the one I thought was pulling off. Relatively similar similar livery to the Graf cars, but green where blue would be, because, of course, it's very, very patriotic in its Italian form. And from the Netherlands, uh, or, in fact, uh, no, Baypon, from Belgium, Motorsport 98, uh, both driver and team, and sharing with Andy Merrick. Eric de Donker, though, to start the car with a 98 on the side of the helmet there. Uh, the, yes, Eric de Donker, the Belgian driver, already installed. So that car will start from eighth position. What I love is he had the little map of the circuit on the steering wheel. You know, in the days of sort of simulators and stuff, it seems very old school. But maybe you could just report back if you drop the car. Yes, I'm off at turn seven. That's it. No, the right corner. The cool car, I think, looks really does look cool. Yes, it does. Great yeah. livery. Alexandra Coigny. And uh, this weekend, in fact, he's sharing not with Irej Alexander, because with Antonin Borger, I understand, has come mm. across to uh, take over the second seat in there. He, too, has got a little map on his steering wheel. Although, at the front of the car there, for the snapshot being taken just before we get going. Iraj Alexander very much here this weekend, just not racing in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, but he'll be in European Le Mans Series action a little later today. This is the 53 M Racing car. Uh, YMR, the three initials in the title for Ivan Muller Racing. And Laura Melara shares with Natal Biel, two Frenchmen again, bronze and silver respectively, and they've chosen to put Milara in for the opening stint. You mentioned about uh, the fact that most of the teams have gone with the bronze driver for the first stint. That's certainly the case for all the GT3s. But interestingly, we've got Alex Torrell uh, to start the number three car from the front of the field. More on that in the second. But here's the 65 car that had drama to get to the dummy grid. Installed is Adrian Schiller. And I'm hoping this car now has a front right wheel. Well, no one's working on it. and The car seems to be sitting square, so they've uh, clearly fixed it. But for Alex... Adrian Schiller, it's about getting that heart rate back down because that's, that's not what you want on a Sunday morning preparing for the race. Across the grid, we've got uh, 
Jonathan Jorge, who will be the Brazilian racer, kicking that one off. Then he'll hand it over to uh, Joe Ojanko from the States. Just saw him walking out of shot. Another good-looking car, the black and blue. Very, very well presented by Duquesne Engineering. I do like their standards of presentation. Other side of the second row, we have uh, the Graf, the first of the Graf cars. That's Eric Cuyé. And uh, that, again, is uh, right in the mix at the front of the grid. Very close on times at the top with the exception of the car on pole position, which is very well clear. Very close between the cars from second, third and fourth and fifth. Not so far behind. We'll get to the pole man in a moment as we look at the front of the grid. Two more cars to uh, talk you through, which is uh, Nielsen Racing and then the car on pole from DKR Engineering. Yeah, Eric Trouillet often in the European Le Mans series, not doing today's race, though, concentrating on this two-hour affair instead. Here is the Nielsen Racing Ligier. All these... P3's powered by the same 5-litre V8 Nissan engine, by the way. It'll be Tony Wells to start this car, and he'll hand over to 21-year-old Colin Noble uh, for the second half of the race. But Nielsen Racing have been going strong in the UK in LMP3 racing, champions indeed for 2017. Uh, narrowly going to miss out on this year's championship in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. That's already been sealed by this team and these drivers, DKR Engineering, with their number three, Norma M30. It'll be Alex Torrell, though, to start the car, handing over to bronze-graded driver Jean-Gloria halfway through the race. So they are turning the race on its head, in a sense. I don't think we've had an event where Alex has started. So what we'll have is a strange complexion to the race partway through, where Alex, I'm expecting, just to disappear off into the distance, and then it'll be the case of the slightly more experienced, the silver drivers, to try and reel in Jean-Gloria in the second part of it. Yeah, but when it was uh, qualifying yesterday, it was the junior driver, the less qualified driver, who had to go out and qualify. And uh, that withstanding, um, the pole was set by a very large margin. Uh, Jean-Gloria qualified with a 1 minute 41.41, and the next quickest time was a 1 minute 42.79, uh, set by the car on the other side, the front row. So Norma going very well indeed. But as you say, Ale Alexander Torrell will kick it off. He ought to be able to pull away around this magnificent circuit in the first hour. Let's see, he's got to get off the line first. He's got the pride of Norma with him and all the other Ligiers against. And there is uh, Jean Gloria standing pit lane in, and the main straight in the shade at the moment. But mm -hmm. it's going to get quite warm through today. Yep, uh, Jean Gloria uh, being labelled by Bruce there as the junior driver, even though he's 10 years older than Alex Torrell. But I know yep. what you mean. Yep. He's less experienced, isn't he? And therefore building his uh, reputation. But I tell you, plenty more people know about Jean Gloria now than they did at the start of the year and I think he will become well he will become a silver driver heading into 18 purely because he has this title now under his belt that he shares with Alex well and it's worth pointing out Johnny that they kicked off the season with the second place didn't score in the first of two races at the Mort and, and cantered clear in the second one and they haven't stopped winning since mm. so they've had four wins on the bounce and trying to make it five here rest trying to see what they can do about it but certainly for DKR engineering it's a very very strong combination so the almost all black the bare carbon livery of that uh, nielsen racing on the front that's just a new nose the uh, more familiar livery is obscured from that shot but will be seen later on in the race because the car carrying the uh, the regular nielsen backing in its blue and white colors the one minute board now being displayed to the drivers so the lone mechanic for each car probably being cleared from the grid yes they are with the doors being closed and the driver now in sweet isolation for a period of time just to contemplate 
what may happen over the next 60 minutes or so for their stint. You have to stop the cars, by the way, between 55 and 65 minutes in order to hand over to your co-driver. And those starting with the bronzes will obviously pit as early as possible, unless they're enjoying themselves too much, of course. But generally speaking, you try and get your quicker driver in as early as possible to take it to the flag. Cars to look out for, though, certainly Alex Torrell from pole position. But further down the order, Alex Capadia is starting the number 14 car from what is actually 16th position on the grid. So Alex always makes good progress in the early stages. And that is it, actually. Everybody else are bronzes, aren't they? Yes, yes they're they sort of in, in grid order. So, of course, Alex in the, the P3 car... We'll have to get through a cluster of GT3 cars. He should manage that uh, pretty quickly indeed, if all is right. So look out for his car. Uh, white with the yellow, yellow contrast in it. But just for now, enjoy what the drivers are getting their teeth into. That dip and then the rise into turn one. And then it keeps on twisting. 15 corners, 4.652 kilometres if you want to be entirely accurate. But it is one of the most glorious stretches of racing tarmac in Europe. There are any number of co corner combinations here that would be the signature combination for any other circuit. It was uh, open for racing in 2008 and uh, been super, super impressive since and I can't think why people would not want to come and race here at some point in their career. So take a look. The dips, the dives, you can see the mountainside in the background. Here we are in the Algarve. Midweek, the weather was, wasn't what we expect of the Algarve. Heavy, heavy rain on Wednesday, a bit more rain on Thursday, but it's got better and better. The rubber's gone down on the track. It's getting quicker and quicker. This is the infield hairpin around the big building in the background. You'll see when we span back is the VIP viewing tower. One of the beauties of the circuit at Portimao is uh, from many vantage points, you can see several points of the circuit. And it really is a great place for the drivers, but also a great place for spectating. Smoke in the background just over the ridge there. Someone uh, says there's a bit of smoke coming out of the back of the Gulf Racing UK Porsche. I hope it's just early morning running. Mm. Um, we're getting some clarity now as to why the number five car has been put to the back of the grid. The car found not to be in compliance with respect to the fuel analysis at the end of scrutineering. Oh, and the seven car has nosed into the barrier. This is the car still in with a chance of the championship, Bruce. That is how I, that's where the tyre smoke came from. So that's coming out of turn four, some call it turn five, onto this crest. It's, it's a, a right, a right, a double right. Oh, he's going to get going. He's but got his, He's back on the track. It's just where you come up here. We had a couple of cars going off into the gravel trap there. Yeah, it's an uphill left-hander. Listed as turn five, it's the fourth corner they get to because it was a early on. Let's have a look at the replay. I think he got really oh, he just oh, he overdid it, warming up his tyres. It wasn't going around the corner, so that produced the tyre smoke that I could see just over the ridge. Let's hope there's no damage to that front split. A very low speed impact, but uh, it might not be quite the shape it left the uh, team garage this morning. Clonk the barrier, but uh, I think he'll still be able to race. The problem is everyone went past him, so Lee Mole won't be able to take up his rightful grid position, which should have been 14th and second of the GT3s. There's uh, more smoke. This is a replay from a little earlier on involving maybe the Kessel Racing yeah, Ferrari that's too. that's starting at the back. That's Claudio Schiavone. So... Uh, Beautiful clear morning, perfect track conditions. Two cars off already. One's had a wheel problem. See lots of other people just uh, locking their brakes a bit, trying to get the heat in. It's still relatively, relatively cool this morning. Certainly, yeah. it will get warmer. That wonderful sweep down out of turn 15 through 16. Even from there, it's not flat. It goes downhill, then it goes into a, a dip up over this rise, and you have this compression. They're just approaching it now into the start finish straight, and it's a real climb. When you get to the bottom of that compression, 
you see a lot of sky and mountains. You can't see down the start-finish straight. But, uh, OK, two by two, Johnny. I think you're about to take the start. Yeah, for the sixth round and the seventh time this year, then, we're about to get racing for the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup, this combination of LMP3 and GT3 teams. LMP3 title already uh, sewn up. That's DKR Engineering's. But who's going to win in GT3 between EB Motors and Lee Mole? Lee Mole's not had the best of starts. It looks like he will, though, resume and take the start of this race in 14th position the red lights go out now and this great span of cars as they fan out to something like six abreast a good start for Alex Torrell but he's going to be uh, matched all the way by Tony Wells who takes the race lead around the outside of turn one as long as he can keep it on the track he's managed it brilliant move there in the opening stages then from Brit Tony Wells to skip ahead of Alex Torrell in there between them or just in behind in third position is the Duquesne engineering car but the car off on the grass there as well Bruce yeah, trying to pick up who that was. I was just looking to see where the GT runners are. Certainly, uh, Lee Mole has picked up a few places, but uh, the script has been ripped up. It was Alexander Toro will streak off into the distance. Well, he can throw that one in the bin because Tony Wells, what a start, and he really had to dog it out around the outside. Down to the infield hairpin. All looks fairly tight. He's still trying to work out which of the P3 cars it was. That, Jim uh, McGuire. Jim McGuire, 22. Jim, Jim McGuire in 22, down towards the back. Well spotted, Johnny, but uh, relatively clean start. But when it was four, five, six abreast on the start finish straight, it stressed how much space they've got to play. But right now, Tony Wells is being pushed very hard and here comes the move from Alexander Torrell will he make it stick Tony Wells isn't going to let him up the inside into turn 10 the scariest corner on the track no he isn't but uh, Torrell will find a way it's a question of when also a little bit of news about Raymond Voss's car that uh, they're having to soak up a penalty in the early stages of this race due to an infringement from earlier on in the season so Raymond Voss I think being held at the end of the pit lane as Alex Torrell comes from a long long way back into the tight left hand hairpin to take the race lead there at the top of the hill this is the highest point of the circuit still only the opening lap already two changes of lead and Torrell to the top then ahead of Tony Wells in second third position Jonathan Horgay from Brazil in the Duquesne engineering car and a great scrap for fourth and fifth between the two craft machines 39 edging 65 so Trier with a slight advantage Wow, talking of advantages now, Alexander Torrell is into the lead of the race. The Graf cars fight with each other. Let's hope they've still got four wheels on. Look how much of an advantage Torrell's got. He only took the lead a very short while ago, 0.8 of a second. And stretching the Graf cars, will they both get round the first corner? Yes, they do, but 39 moves out of 65, doesn't do enough braking. So round he goes, a bit more drama, piling it on in the early stages. He should be able to get going again as long as he hasn't stalled. He hasn't. So whatever you've done, do it all over again, Mr. Trier. So he had not the best start from third. He went down to fourth to fifth and then trying to get back to fourth. He made it, but just for a nanosecond. But the lead continues to stretch clear as we expected it will. So Tony Wells did what he could. Now Raymond Voss gets racing. He might as well have stayed in bed for a little bit longer this morning. Yes, and bearing in mind that's the first time he's leaving the pit lane, so he is now a lap down before you even start. So Raymond Voss sharing with Thomas Locol as always, up against it from the off. But uh, Eric Trouillet thankfully didn't clash with his teammate because Adrian Schiller was obviously racing him at close quarters, a spin at the first corner, but Eric Trouillet has rejoined and is now down in 15th position. You talk, said, look out for Alex Capaldi, the white car with the yellow fin and the yellow stripe up the nose, picking them off as he goes through. He got up to 8th place, he's now up to 7th. That's not too bad. He started down 16th on the grid, so he's kept it clean, kept it tidy when the racing was very, very tight around the opening lap. Now he can enjoy the sinuous rise and fall, the twists and turns of this fantastic circuit just inland from Portimao. And that other place gain, who's his next target? His next tar- target ought to be... Uh, Alan Costa will be the next one. Look at the replay of the start. Very tight, Johnny. This it certainly cool. was. A little untidy, actually, further back. It should be two by two, but there were 
gaps here and there. Obviously, there will, should be one for Raymond Voss, but at the back of the order, three abreast for third, fourth, and fifth. That was the Graf cars again, and there might even been a little bit of contact between the two of them as they headed into turn one. Certainly a big lockup for Adrian Schiller, the second of the Graf machines. A splendid move, though, by Tony Wells, sweeping right around the outside of Alex Torrell, and there was the moment for Jim Maguire in car 22, up and over the curbs at turn three. Thankfully, he didn't rejoin and clatter into the side of somebody else. And this was the spin for Eric Truyer, very early on indeed. 39, he nearly got it, and then it snapped around on him just beyond the chicane that we're not using this weekend. Thankfully, there's runoff there rather than straight into a gravel trap, and it made the rejoining rather easy. Yeah, it was one of those moments you thought, OK, you're going for a spin, do not come across and take your teammate out as well. So... Unfortunately for Eric he will be able to continue and fight his way back. We like these subplots. He might not like it at the moment, but uh, we need to look for is uh, Busnelli leading the way very easily in the GT3 class, but how, much, how far behind is Lee Mole? And also, more to the point, what are their lap times? And a uh, better lap uh, last time around for Busnelli by 1.3 seconds. So he's building his advantage. Don't forget, they are fighting over the GT3 championship. Andrew Baker having a good race there. Just ahead of Cedric Mazar, the Gulf racing uh, Porsche, and tucked in behind a P3 runner just to keep them on their toes. And the car in behind is uh, that the Jim Maguire car. Yes, yes it I must think be. it is. Number 22, yes, indeed it is. So he's got to pick his way past. He's got to find his moment. Yeah, recovering after that slight off-track uh, moment on the first lap. So Jim Maguire now caught up behind a fraught little battle list between Andrew Baker and Cedric Mazar. So Maguire doesn't want to be... Uh, sticking his nose up the inside of these two without them knowing it needs to be well aware that they know that he's there probably better to do it on the straight actually oh, 100% so if you can get a nice little run down through turn 14, 15 where they are now if you can match the pace of the driver in car number 3 that would be an absolute miracle Alexander Torrell just stretching his way clear last time around 4.5 seconds clear yes he was delayed at the start because he didn't get first into the first corner but since then, he is doing exactly race. Oh, dear. Car number five. Oh, that's the penalty. There's the explanation. It's probably not been on the screen for a while. The penalty was from the race of Paul Ricard. That yes. extra penalty for Raymond Voss. Sorry, so I quickly thought someone else was number five. Tony Wells, that great start. He's now settling down to second place. And he's being pushed very hard by Jonathan Hawke, but he seems to have that under control at the moment. We go back to that battle. Andrew Baker, Cedric Mazar and Jim McGuire. And we're down. He didn't get the deal done on the start finish straight because he's still behind them out of three. Turn four. Five here coming on to this rising infield straight around the VIP tower. That's the round building in the background. Over the crest they come and uh, no moves from Jim Maguire because I think he's looking to see what's happening up in front of him. Will there be contact? Certainly Cedric Mazar thought about going up the inside but was nowhere near close enough and uh, leaving the pits number five all over again. Yeah, well that's the drive-through that was carried over from Paul Ricard but it, the car had been in the pit lane for a couple of minutes and a previous stop as well. So... That's probably still only one lap down. I don't think it's any worse than that, but the problem is in a two-hour race, it's very tricky to try and make that margin back up again. Jim Maguire now the sandwich between these two GT3 cars. It's the third and fourth-placed GT3 cars. Andrew Baker in that smart livery, the golf colours of the Porsche that we are familiar, of, uh, familiar, familiar with rather in the WEC, but that's a GT3 car rather than a GTE that's in WEC. 
The three cars absolutely together, fighting over basically uh, 16th, 17th and 18th places. Well, Busnelli has been pushed very hard. He's in the 46 Lamborghini leading the GT3 class, and he's got plenty of company because Richard Mines in the golf car is trying to get past on the start from straight. Pulls out, maybe he should have waited a little longer to use a bit more of the slipstream, but he's tucked in behind. What's he going to do up to turn one? I don't think he's not close enough to make a move down into the compression. Massive lock-up, oh dear. Well, this is a chance for Lee Mole because Busnelli's going to lose a little time there. Went out over the tarmac, just kissed the gravel bed on the outside, but luckily did not bog the Lamborghini down. And uh, there is Lee Mole now taking, going, thank you, thank you. I went off on the uh, on the parade lap, but now I'm in the mix here. There is my championship target. That is the GT3 championship battle. That was a strange old moment for Busnelli, though. It was almost like a kind of rallying-style yump that he... Uh, approached the, the dip in uh, down at the end of the main straight. The car didn't like it. It just sort of it didn't get airborne. No, briefly, the front wheels, I think, were off the ground. And as it came back down to earth... You can't break in the air, can you? Indeed. Uh, and he's trying to turn and brake at the same time. The car did not like that at all and uh, snatches the brakes then, front right, fully locking up, and nearly went into the gravel. Thank goodness there's that little bit of runoff, the asphalt where the grip is still available. Uh, Cedric Mezar has now got ahead of the golf racing Porsche. I think maybe Andrew Baker's made a bit of a mistake with Claudia Schiavone. Really gloriously um, metallic blue. Mm. Kessel Racing Ferrari has closed right up. He wasn't in the pictures. Oh, well, maybe he's outbraked himself. Let's have a little look, because certainly something happened to lose the position. Went wide out of turn six, up over the hill to seven, and, yeah, maybe just lost momentum. But... Uh, Positions are changing, but that thing with Busnelli, I reckon he was uh, looking a little in his mirrors too much as he was being challenged and uh, just was too late on the brakes and therefore had to hit them really hard. And that was just the point the front was getting loaded as he came down out of the compression. Battle for seventh position, end race against M Racing, Ivan Muller Racing, two by two and almost three by three in the background of the shot. So, really, really close in the P3 classes, with the exception of our race leader. He's lapping uh, a second quicker than anyone else Alexander Torrell response there from Tony Wells he's just done his best lap last time around but certainly for the Norma racing from DKR Engineering looking very easy at the front the Graf racing cars getting up close to each other all over again just to put you in the picture as far as GT3 is concerned and there's more drama here for Emanuele Busnelli the Lamborghini number 46 is slowing this is the car that surely has to finish in the top two if Lee Mole can win the race in the Mercedes, but this is looking like a real problem. The front right's just delaminated entirely. Well, the bodywork has gone, OK, but that's... Taking a huge chunk out of the front right corner of this Lamborghini, and the tyre's down, I think. OK, we didn't spot that first time around, but on the replay, suddenly see there's missing bodywork. He's got to limp around. Don't forget the lap, 4.65 kilometres. This is going to be very slow, so suddenly the championship is on a plate for Lee Mould. He had the drama, but that was before the start of the race. Little spin on cold tyres, trying to warm them up. He must have thought, oh my golly, what have I done? Now he's got, and you can see bits of bodywork will be... Uh, around the circuit, surely, because that front bodywork got shattered as the car went into the compression. Maybe the tyre was already down, but it's ripped a hole in the top. Alex Capadia, though, is having a fantastic race. Let's just, but he just set the fastest lap of the race. He's up to fourth place overall. Yeah. Uh, so look for that. He, he got into the, the mix of that battle, got past Andrew Chiller. His next target is Jonathan Jorge. So there is what remains of the EB Motors Lamborghini Huracan. Remember that this car inherited the point, I think, from yesterday's qualifying session. It was Raymond Voss who got it in the session, but because he was put to the back of the grid, this car should now be on 92.5 points. Yes, good which point. Which could be crucial because if Limor wins and these guys finish second, they will take the championship by a point. 
but second place now looks very unlikely for this number 46 Lamborghini and there are oh. bits of Lamborghini all over the main straight here it has just been ripped apart that front right corner and there's a spin there for the end race car number 99 which is going to leave the track backwards well I wonder Johnny that that car went over a lot of the debris as well so that's everywhere on the start finish straight don't forget it's a sloping start finish straight you can't see all the way down until you come over the crest which is pretty much where the start finish line is then it drops away all over again let's hope there's no damage let's hope that was a simple spin nothing to do with hitting the debris so leading the way gloriously along the ridge at the top of the circuit car number three in the hands of Alex Torrell last time around he was nine seconds clear but let's just uh, throw in the safety car is coming out no surprises there, no. there are going to be a lot of big brooms used on the start finish straight because we do not want these cars being hit by debris so the Lamborghini from Bus with Busanelli at the wheel makes it back to the pits that front tyre well we call it a tyre it's a collection of rubber really yes it, well it is now and he's actually done quite a good job there making sure the tyre doesn't entirely uh, take the whole front bumper off clearly the front right wing no longer exists on that Lamborghini it's down to the canvas and beyond but the whole tyre is still just about intact there uh, and hasn't become this long strip that can often be wheeled around and uh, take as I say the bonnet and or the, the, uh, the front cover rather with the mid-engine Lamborghini and the uh, front bumper the whole section could have come off there but we've lost a wing the car can run without that it's not going to help the aero necessarily we're just going to make sure that uh, all the integral bits are still there strap down any loose bodywork and fit a new Michelin tyre but that was the second run second time into he, it wasn't it and he had Lee Mole right in behind because Lee suddenly had him in the picture after the previous run across the corner there and he went to the very same point right to the outside of the circuit well that wheel look, tyre looks a whole lot better they won't have time to put extra bodywork on they've got to stop any bits flapping if they possibly can so out will come the tape what mm. can we tape together but for Buzzinelli, an absolute disaster. Luckily for them, we've got the safety car because that's stopping anyone else uh, streaking too far clear. But the clock is continuing to tick down. But uh, moments of big drama. The car back down onto terra firma in the pit lane. Well, crucial that they stay on the lead lap. And even if it means that there's some more work that needs to be done, just get the car out, keep it on the lead lap, bring it in the next time around if necessary. But they seem reasonably happy with that. Happy, uh, in Ish. inverted commas, let's say. Um, and if it can stay in touch with Lee Moles, uh, Mercedes, Lee, really, and Phil need to win this race. That would take them to 109.5 points, and EB Motors could, well, beat that if they finish second now, because they've had that crucial point from yesterday. Let's have a look at the restart again, and obviously the paused number five car. There's a conversation being had down at EB Motors with some... Uh, ACO official, officials as well as to perhaps how that pit stop was just done and we may be able to get some reaction from Fabio Babini in a moment who is Emanuele Busnelli's teammate to maybe shed some light on why that tyre has given up the ghost so early on as an early spin for Jim Maguire as we reported the number 22 car will does rejoin and is now circulating in 16th position and the graph cars put on a great show early doors as well but let's now get this much needed reaction from fabio babini down with eb motors and charlie george yeah i'm down here with fabio fabio a disastrous start there what what has happened with the tire exactly I hope the problem was uh, the lab before i have the problem uh, emanuele with the abs and have a very uh, big uh, problem with the front uh, right tyre and uh, the lap after uh, when you arrive to the braking the tyre have an explosion because uh, I hope it's a big problem for the, 
for the ABS system. I don't know, it's a failure in the system and uh, it's very dangerous to break it in the fast uh, corner. I hope now change the tires. Is uh, the race is again longer, one hour forty minutes. I hope it's uh, push again for the finish of the race. Thank you. Keep pushing. Thank you. Well, that's certainly shot, um, shed some light on the on the subject and the fact that it's down to more like mechanical failure. Um, but now, whether that's cured the problem, I don't know. Is the ABS issue still there? But that's the state of the tyre. Yeah, well, that's, that is the big but. Sticking on a new tyre, one thing, but that's a, a plaster. What is the state of the wound? And, uh, was it instantaneous? Had there been previous slight problems with the ABS, but clearly the braking wasn't there the, when he got down to turn one under pressure from P3 car that was tucked in behind but seemed to have it all under control but uh, certainly something time to war. Waiting for the uh, men with the blowers to get onto the circuit there was a lot of debris. It's mainly the middle of the circuit over to the pit wall side. We've seen the cars behind the safety car the train of cars have been going down the far side but they've got a lot of shards to get off there because that was a fair bit of the front body work of the Lamborghini. Look how much they've got to blow. In fact maybe these are better than, than uh, people with brooms but I'd like to see a whole army of people out there not just pe two people because even one of those shards could do the damage that you do not want to have with a car. Particularly down such a long start-finish straight, just a shade under a kilometre and a very quick corner at the end of it. We need these cars in... Ah, that's better. A broom, I think, is maybe a bit more fulsome than a blower. So the race was led by just over nine seconds. Of course, that's come right down. Alexander Torrell will have to do it all over again. And Tony Wells, he showed at the first start, he's prepared to have a go into Turn 1 and he took the lead. Maybe he'll do so all over again so hopefully for Fabio Babini down at Ebi Motors the problem is solved and uh, they'll be getting reports that the ABS is working all over again but I really don't think they can be that sure at this moment so for the drivers waiting to get their teeth into the race all over again in the middle of the shot just coming down the hill the red Mercedes with the white uh, flash up the front that's Lee Mole he's got Cedric Medard Andrew Baker behind him then Claudio Schiavone there aren't really enough GT3 runners for him to feel really no. safe in keeping uh, hopefully a resurgent Ibi Motors uh, Lamborghini back. He's going to have to rely on the, on the other players. And, of course, Raymond Voss and Tom Onslow, Cole, and the other Mercedes in the race can't really help because they lost so much ground, first of all, by starting from the pits and then having the drive-through penalty for something that had occurred at a previous round at Paul Ricard. If you're just joining us, this is the final round of the Michelin Le Mans Cup for 2017. And what a brilliant, brilliant circuit to bring it to a conclusion. I, no one could complain. This circuit looks great in the rain and the murk, but it looks even better in the sunshine, Johnny. If Lee Moll and Phil Keane want to win this championship, clearly they do. They either need to win this race and hope that EB Motors finish third, or if they finish second, if the red Mercedes finishes second, they have to hope that EB Motors uh, don't finish in the top four. Because even a fifth place for EB Motors would bring them level on points to Lee Moll's Mercedes, but Lee's had more wins, or will have had uh, more wins. Um, actually, that would be two each. So I need to go back to the drawing board as far as that's concerned. But, I mean, Lee Moll just has to approach this race as it's, it's a must-win. And you can't control where the 46 car finishes. Clearly, this swings the pendulum towards the red Mercedes, but it depends how long this safety car is out for and whether EB Motors are happy with the work that they've done. Do they need to bring it in again? Here's a, a recap of what happened. This was the second time we noticed the car wasn't quite right coming into Turn 1. There was a big lock-up the previous lap when Emmanuel Ipersnelli nearly went into the gravel and he clearly flat-spotted the front right tyre. And the next time around, it's hit the same flat spot, I think, and then just popped 
But the, the, in fact, what had happened, it had popped on the start finish straight yeah. earlier. Then he came down and then was locked up. That was the first. We thought it was the, the, the same replay, but then noticed the front bodywork was missing. Of course, he had a different car with him, which was the, uh, the, his championship rival, Lee Moulds. Uh, Mercedes, number seven, red and white car. But at the back of the train, there is Busnelli missing his bodywork. He's tucked in behind Raymond Voss in the second of the Mercedes. Now, I think we're going to have to keep an eye on that bodywork if it's going to disintegrate, because if he might be getting a black, uh, a warning flag, a black and orange warning flag, if they think it's a danger to other people, if it continues to break up. And let's face it, that long run down the start-finish straight, I think that's a fair bit of loading on, that, on the uh, bodywork aerodynamically. So the safety car is still out. Here's a replay looking down from above. Great view, then, from our drone camera heading into the first corner and... Tony Wells with that superb move around the outside, but a really good run into turn one from Jonathan, Jonathan Jorge as well from Brazil. Uh, up a couple of places for Duquesne Engineering into third spot, and that is where he was until Alex Capadia approached prior to this safety car period. And Alex now up to third place, getting ahead of Jorge. But, uh, Jonathan not. Uh, racing in the Michelin Le Mans Cup prior to this round, the 34-year-old from Brazil, joining the oldest man on the grid, Joel Janko, 68 years old, from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, safety car still out for the time being. These are images from the opening lap, with Tony Wells sticking the elbows out early on to keep behind him Alex Torrell, but we know now that the Spaniard got through, just into the left-hand kick away there, in the distance. Some reaction now again down in the pit lane from Phil Keane this time. Well, Phil, at the start of that race, it looked like it was all going wrong with that mistake on the opening lap, but the favour seems to have swung back in your direction now. Well, I don't know. We've got a long way to go yet. Obviously, we need to score, I think, seven points, so we just uh, get our heads down and keep going and, uh, and see what happens. It's all out for the win, yeah? Yeah, I, know, I think we can finish, afford to finish second, so we'll have to see how the race pans out. OK, thank you. Well, I, th I think you'd have to say that slightly, not disingenuous, but just say we have to score seven points. It means seven points more than the yeah. rivals. He's not factoring in the fact that it was, it was eight points more than the rival, ideally, because that extra point for pole position. Well, we think so. Uh, I mean, we might be in a scenario where the point just wasn't awarded because of that strange situation where the five car was put to the back of the grid, had all its time stripped because of that fuel infringement they took a sample of fuel and it wasn't uh, correct according to the regulations um, so clearly the, the, the point doesn't go to the number five car I'm assuming it therefore goes to number 46 and that will take them to 92 and a half points versus the Lee Mole and Phil Keane tally or certainly the car's tally of 84 and a half points so the gap coming into this round is as you say eight points now I was talking to Lee Mole on Friday and he was saying we just got to win this so that's the easiest thing and he reckons reckons they can but one thing he pointed out and it's a factor for everyone but maybe some cars are more prone than others this is a very abrasive circuit so tyre wear is being saved behind the safety car It'll keep their tyres sweet for longer but uh, through the course of this race tyre management is going to be fantastic and if you look at the dips and, and falls around the circuit and certainly some of the quicker corners it's a fair bit of loading on the tyres come what may factor in that abrasive circuit and it's certainly those who go very hard oh, we're going to have racing again safety car in this lap good to see the lights coming out so he goes out of turn 12 down into one of many dips and rise up there are many points on the circuit where the driver all they can see 
is the sky. And it's beautiful here in Portugal on this sunny Sunday morning. And the point where the car's going through now, they really do get to see the sky at a steep climb up through turn 13. Then you get this wonderful point where they run along a ridge and uh, photographers can get down, not even low, and you can just see the cars with the sky in the background. The only other circuit that really provides a great shot like that is Interlagos. Mm. Famously, the photographers get down low and you get the, the skyline of San Paolo in the background. Here we get the skyline with the mountains up towards Monchique in the background. Uh, beautiful, beautiful shot. There is the Mercedes of Lee Mole, number seven. Cedric Mazar should not be able to challenge him on the restart because certainly uh, Lee is a quicker combination with his Mercedes than the eight Lamborghini is in the hands of Cedric Mazar. So he's got to just make no mistakes and hope that Cedric Mazar and Andrew Baker et al. in the GT3 class can keep Busnelli back for as long as possible. You may be thinking as we go green again that uh, because the cars have been circulating behind the safety car, they've been saving a little bit of fuel and saving some tyre wear as well, but the driver change will be done purely on time because there is a minimum drive time of 55 minutes for either the bronze or the silver graded driver, but many of these cars starting with their less experience and generally their slower driver and it means they'll be getting those out as early as they can, probably at the 55-56 minute marker. There's Lee Mole then, he is leading GT3 where they want to finish and hope that the EB Motors Lamborghini finishes outside the top two. In the background of the shot, it looks as though uh, Busnelli was trying to make a move on Raymond Voss, I don't think he achieved it, should be coming over the ridge now, no, Raymond Voss, there is the grey... Mercedes. In fact, he's got past Claudio Schiavone. Schiavone in the Kessel Racing Ferrari could hardly have stayed any further out of the way. So he did the, the decent thing. So one place gained there by the AB Motors Lamborghini. But I'm going to be keeping an eye on that tattered front bodywork. Is it going to hold together? That's the other question. At Smart liveried Kessel Racing Ferrari. There's a car off there on the climb up the hill, which might have been number 53. Four. No, is fine. It might have been number four, yes, uh, Alexander Quani. Yeah, it is, it it is Quani. It was the cool racing by GPC Ligier. Quani starting that car, he'll be handing over to Antonin Borger. Can I just throw something back at myself? I said Lee Mole should be able to drop uh, Cedric Mezar. Cedric keeps closing up onto his tail all over again, so he's got his, his uh, tail up as he chases him. Maybe Lee is just being cautious, waiting for the heat to come back in the tyres as they're now back at full speed racing. He doesn't want to be passed. Let's have a look. So down that wonderful. Di- oh, afraid Raymond Voss has had a spin out of turn 12. Whoa, disappears out of sight into a gravel trap. I hadn't worked out it dropped that far away from the circuit. Well, that shows the gradient change, and that is stuck in the gravel. So yellow flag will be hung out to that corner. Andrew Baker's gone for a spin. So suddenly for Busnelli, he is gaining places. Must be up to about fourth place in class. This is not good news. Two of the, the cars that are needed. Tom Onslow Cole will be distraught down to the pits. That makes his challenge all the greater. So suddenly we've got Lee Mole leading the class. That is absolutely fine from his point of view. Cedric Mezar keeping up with him, keeping him uh, on his toes. But Busnelli, I think, now should suddenly be promoted from the tail end of the class right back up to third place. Mm, Okay. Well, we're going to have a full course yellow in uh, the next few moments, in the next 10 seconds indeed. I've had now full confirmation as we get the countdown from Eduardo Freitas. But the 46 Four, Lamborghini did indeed three, get the point for qualifying, two, so that's confirmed. One, full course yellow. We are under full course yellow. Well, this is unfortunate, but having seen the drop-off out of Turn 12, as I pointed out, when you take that corner, you cannot see the track. It drops away so steeply. And the fact that we lost from sight, apart from its rear wing and its roof, uh, Raymond Voss's Mercedes, when it dropped into the gravel on the outside of the corner and kept on dropping away, just shows the rise and fall of this circuit. 
and uh, we had a lot of drivers going out over the curbing there and having their laps taken away from them in qualifying, but that was a, a big off for Raymond, so it's not been the dream performance. You said bad luck befalls him, and there is that number five Mercedes uh, deep in the gravel, but for him, he must have uh, lost sight as once he started spinning deep into the gravel. That's going to take a while to remove. I can't see a rescue vehicle near it next. So for Alexander Torrell, the silver driver who started... Uh, the race leading the pole qualifying number three entry we thought he's going to pull away he mm. can if he's allowed race time to do it so let's take a look at alexander uh, raymond Volk getting it wrong wave goodbye to the cameras <laughs> <laughs> yes as he disappears into the downhill sand pit there and it's very very deep into the stones now and sadly for tom also cole looks more and more likely that he won't get a drive here in portugal either um, we've had several races like that we're going to go safety car in fact as well now which will help with the recovery, I think, of the number five car. And while all that was happening, I failed to notice that Alex Capadia was third, has got up to second. He's got past Tony Wells. You said he'll be a story within the overall story. And now he's going to, when we get to a restart, he's going to have a crack, I reckon, at Alex Torrell. So suddenly for Jean Gloria, the task might, might be getting a little harder. Ross Warburton will take over from Alex Capadia later in the race. But Alex done an absolutely fabulous job, steering clear of trouble around him and passing wherever possible. But we keep... This is our second safety car period, but quite rightly, because uh, we're still waiting for a rescue vehicle to get to Raymond Voss, who is deep, deep in the gravel trap there. But the gravel trap did what it needed to do, but it really emphasised the drop out of that corner. Yeah, certainly uh, was the case. I'm sure if you chat to uh, Raymond Voss afterwards, he'll realise he was in quite an off-track moment there, not like slithering off at somewhere like Silverstone, where it's generally all on the level. So, safety car... For the second time uh, circulating now, we had a succession of red flags in qualifying yesterday, both in the ELMS sessions and the Michelin Le Mans Cup sessions. And that's one of the quirks of this Portimao circuit is there's not a great deal of runoff area in places. Often you are into a gravel trap and then there is the question for the race director as to how you recover that car. Can it be done in a full course yellow or must it need a safety car and clearly there was no option as far as the debris was concerned from the number 46 Lamborghini that is the time where the marshals need just a breather on every lap to try and uh, brush and blow that debris away a reminder of what happened at the start we've seen this a couple of times now but a, a great viewpoint from the drone camera again above high above turn one there was Jim Maguire with his rather weedy moment and a spin for Eric Truyer as well but uh, Eric back in the race. Whenever we get shown the replay of the start, I have to take my hat off to Jonathan Holgate because that was a, a, a great start, getting past both of the, the Graf racing cars uh, around, uh, down around the outside. He wasn't great away from the line, but he really, really fought back and very nearly got into second place. But uh, and then we had uh, spin for 99 as well at the top of the hill. Yeah, it was Alan Costa. Alan Costa. Um, some... Uh, databases as far as racing drivers having down as a Frenchman, some as a Monegasque he may well be based in Monaco these days Alain Costa and sharing with Stéphane Tribordini for the first time this year in the Michelin Le Mans Cup um, not for the first time this year, we're going to hear from Tom Onslow-Cole, again unlikely we'll see him in the number 5 car sadly joining now Charlie George Yeah I'm down here at Ram Racing Tom, it's another bad news story there's just no luck for you guys this season yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been a very tricky season for sure. But, uh, you know, there's real glimpses of, uh, of good news around the corner, I think. Uh, with Rimon's pace yesterday in qualifying, being the, being the quickest driver there was, uh, was fantastic. Really shows 
how much improvement he's made through his uh, through his first year in the in the sport. Uh, but it's hard. It's cold this morning. The tyres are cold, and this certainly seems to be when we have uh, you know a lot of our uh, a lot of our problems. Once everything's hot and he's up to speed then uh, he's really really quick so uh, we'll keep working on this and uh, he's going to gain more experience from from this race and uh, I'm sure we'll have a hopefully a, a much cleaner season next year absolutely now it looks like he's well and truly in the bunker at the moment is it game over um, I hope not I think uh, it went in there fairly gently so if we get a, uh, a nice gentle toe from uh, <laughs> from the gravel bed we uh, hopefully should be able to continue and uh, I get some more mileage for for Remon. This will be great. This will be a nice way to uh, to kind of end if we can keep him going. Thanks, Tom. So the plan is to get Tom in the car if they can possibly get the car recovered safely with all the splitters and dive planes intact. It's tricky though for the marshals who obviously have a, a pressure of time as well to get the car to get the race rather restarted as quickly as possible. Yeah, and um, Tom talked about hope it's a gentle toe. In fact, it might be favourable because it wasn't a toe; it was a lift because getting dragged through the gravel, particularly in a sloping gravel bed, um, yes. could, could cause some problems. But uh, the point about the tyres being cold this morning, the track. You know, it clearly was. We saw, we saw Lee Moles spinning on the formation lap because he was trying to get heat in the tyre and was just too, a bit too vigorous as he went up to turn five. There is Lee Mole in that red and white Mercedes. You've got Cedric Mezar right behind. Then there's a P3 car. And then Busnelli, mm. the championship challenger running. So he has moved up to third places. Pretty much all those ahead of him just suddenly decided to um, hit the default button and have their own moments. Andrew Baker had a, had a spin. And obviously that, that the moment for Raymond Voss, Claudia Schiavone swept him by, let him go through very, very gentlemanly fashion so there is the rescue vehicle pulling it away and the car is now down on, on the ground again that's Raymond Voss will live to fight another day that's great however Busnelli lost a lap because yeah he's yes. now on lap 14 and everybody else is on lap 15 so it looks like on the road he's third he's actually in reality fifth yeah good spot how did I miss that well the timing screen over there can help me I won't take all the credit <laughs> it's very tricky to stay on top of a race now, like Raymond this Raymond Voss is doing what uh, the race control would like if you've got gravel don't leave it all over the circuit so he's very intelligently going around the tarmac area on the outside shaking it out of that car so he'll get some house points for that that's very good indeed I think he can probably return now that's uh, up at turn 13 going into 14 a tight left and then racing along the ridge so Raymond Voss has listened to instruction from the driver briefing some drivers yesterday did not and uh, I'm sure had their their knuckles wrapped accordingly so yes things are looking good for Lee Mole. I've completely forgotten about the time lost in the pits with the bodywork repairs well not so much the bodywork repairs a new wheel and tyre going on to the Busnelli Ibi Motors Lamborghini so Alice Capadia has had such a good run he started 16th he's up to second place when they've been released for racing, he's been the driver making a charge. Now, has he got the pace to hold on to Alexander Torrell? Because certainly the DKR engineering uh, Norma looks fantastic. Looks just so well balanced around the circuit and its lap times so far clear of the rest in qualifying. But of course, it wasn't Torrell setting that qualifying time. So as it stands, with Lee Mole leading and the EB Motors Lamborghini in fifth it will be the seven Mercedes that takes the title for Lee Mole and as we know Phil Keane is around behind because he missed Spa so Lee Mole on his own will be the champion however uh, there's quite a, a long way to go yet just under 90 minutes still to be done we're still behind this second round of safety car and just looking at the points even second place would do it at the moment for the Mercedes if the Lamborghini finished fifth. So first or second is good enough for the number seven Mercedes. 
Is the pace starting to quicken? It is, but in fact it's quite strung out. One car in front of Lee Mole, and then there's quite a gap. They haven't really done the best job of staying close, close, but the safety car is coming in this lap. There's a message on your screen. They're at the point where Raymond Voss went off into the gravel over and beyond on the outside of the turn, but coming along the ridge at the top is the safety car down into turn 15, and then the track drops away. But the race lead, Alexander Torrells, hung back as he is totally entitled to do, but he's got Alex Capadia shaping him up for a pass. So the black and orange car in front of the white and yellow Ligier, but it's Norma in front, Ligier, and then Ligier, 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 uh, for the rest of the way down through the P3 class. Lee Mole, 12th overall, leading GT3, but he's got Cedric Mezar tucked on underneath his rear wing, and ever since I said Cedric wouldn't be able to keep up with him, he's done everything to prove that uh, I'm quite wrong, and Cedric's uh, got a bit of fight in him. He's clearly listening to us and has upped the ante uh, in that little period between safety cars. We're back to green again, and hopefully that's the end of any full-course cautions and safety cars. We will wait and see, though. There is the GT3 battle for the lead then, and Cedric Mezar clearly hasn't read the script as far as Mole is concerned, and he's going to harass and harangue the red Mercedes for the rest of this race. In fact, they're going to be side-by-side, side, and this could be crucial as far as the championship is concerned. Cedric Mezar then with a dive up the inside of Lee Mole, and he's not going to do anything stupid, I'm sure, to the eight uh, Lamborghini for SVC Sport Management. Now takes the class lead, but Lee Mole from a long way back thinks about a move at turn three, but thinks better of it. Second place is still good enough. Yeah, you could see him just go... OK, I'll let you have it, I'll let you have it. No, I've got to fight back. But then just, uh, I think, discretion. Very much the better part of Valor for Lee Mole. Now, let's see what he can do. Got Busnelli two cars behind him. He's got Jim Maguire trying to tuck his way back up the order. But, of course, Busnelli in the Lamborghini from Ebi Motors 46 kicking its tail out as they turn out of turn six to go back up the hill. He has a lap deficit. So even if he's let past, it doesn't really matter for Lee Mold. He's just got to keep it safe and sensible. And very nearly gets clattered by the three car behind. Oh dear, if you're taken out by someone else getting a bit hairy, that will be most unfair. That is Jim Maguire again, who's had uh, one or two off-track moments here and there. And Jim Maguire misjudging his breaking point into the tight right-hander. That was down at turn uh, nine as Lee Mole then starting to settle into a rhythm and that's the case for everyone in this race it's been such a disjointed first half an hour it'd be great now to have you know, a prolonged period of standard running in this race so that it can start to weave a little bit of strategy in there stress level's still very high down at EB Motors there's the team manager to the left of shots chatting to her mechanics and there is Fabio Babini as well deep in conversation they're trying to work out some kind of strategy Lee Mole a little bit wide there coming back onto the main straight and certainly track limits have been an issue in qualifying yesterday doesn't want to do that too many times well, is the communication to Lee Mole though to allow the 46 Lamborghini through you think so he, he has no reason to try and uh, do up the front though Alex Capardi has listened, he's heard that we reckon he could uh, take a tilt at Alexander Torrell and is doing his absolute utmost, so uh, really, really good run in the RLR M Sport entry there, number 14. Don't forget, he started uh, 
from 16th on the grid, whereas the car in front of him started in the lead of the race in the hands of Alexander Torrell. Of course, Torrell had that good lead, nine and a bit seconds. That was called back in by the first safety car period. Whatever he built up has been taken back, but uh, Alex Capadia appears to be getting better and better through the course of the race, certainly handling very well indeed. The Lamborghini from Ebi Motors, that bodywork doesn't seem to have broken up anymore through the first few laps since the restart, so let's hope that doesn't become a factor, but clearly concern down at Ebi Motors. Lots of conversation going on down there. It'd be really so cool if it's something like a mechanical failure that just takes them out of the championship fight. Actually, I think Emmanuel Busnelli is driving brilliantly well here. If he's having to drive around an ABS problem, and you get used to the driver aids. These GT3 cars have traction control and anti-lock braking systems, and if that's then stripped from you, it's like losing power steering on your, on your road car, I guess. It's just such a totally different way of driving. So to keep the car on the track is an achievement in, in itself. Fabio Bavini shouldn't have a problem with it, but it's a case of getting to the point of the race where he can hand over to his Italian co-driver. A little bit more action further back down the order. This is the 55 Spirit of Race car being put under pressure. So and Richard so Mines in the car that's chasing, about to try and make a move on him down to the first corner. They come, battle for ninth place overall, and... Oh, is he going to get that turned in? That got very taily going into turn one. That would have got the heart rate up a little bit. It's a very quick corner, but mm. uh, how's that? Alex Capaglia closing in. He, he gained three thousandths of a second on the last lap, so I was right. The gap is coming down between first and second, but certainly Capaglia is closer this time around as they go up over the crest, turn seven, down to turn eight, slightly dropping entry. Then it starts to rise in turn nine. Slow it right down. There they go, and then up over the hilltop, past the VIP tower in the background, no time to look at that, and then to me the most fearsome corner on the circuit, turn 10, it's a very quick uphill left on the points, you see the sky and not a lot more Car 8 must respect the track limits at turns 1 and 16, but more crucially turn 3 must respect track limits at the final corner as well so that suggests Alex Torrell's uh, lines aren't quite as neat and tidy Cedric Mezar number 8 is the Lamborghini of Cedric Mezar yeah but the 3 was also signalled uh, the uh, message ah. on the screen has disappeared but there was definitely a message about Alex Torrell's lines at turn 16 to the left hand side and that's the major issue is coming out of that final corner and let's see what Alex does this time around does he drop the car over the kerb too much yes but so does Alex here in fairness so the two Alexes uh, utilising the track limits just a bit beyond where they should be and there is the number five car of Raymond Voss now he sadly is several laps down uh, what is it now five laps off the pace sadly but at least the car's still running so Tom Oslo Cole should get some drive time but look at this up at the top of the hill the very point where he, he went off he got very close to the outside he got past Busnelli but it was held up by uh, Alexandra Coigny but then he suddenly thought oh the gravel trap I know that gravel trap <laughs> <laughs> down the dip we lose sight of the cars again just emphasising the gradient change and using the gradient very well indeed Alexander Turrell leading the race but uh, you wondered if uh, three would get pinged for track limits at exit of turn 16 Capania was just about as far off but that could have been the previous lap it doesn't come up instantly no, true. on the screens but uh, yeah the, the eagle eye is watching so Alexander Turrell we thought he'd pull clear. Alex Capaldi was saying to you, I think it was uh, yesterday or Friday, that his car, they're trying to get the handling right, and it wasn't quite, but clearly in his hands at the moment, it's going supremely well in this battle for the lead of the race. Yeah, that was more of a concern about the ELMS car. The, this car is a different chassis running Michelin Le Mans Cup, and this, this car's really in the sweet spot. And you can tell, because Alex Capaldi is right on the tail of the other Alex, Torrell, 
And Alex Torrell's lines are being... Oh, Cavani goes for a bit of a move there. Maybe at the top of the hill. Now, was he able to get through? Yeah, I think he did. He got he up. Did yes, get oh, there he is. Well, that, was, that would have taken a bit of complicity as well from Torrell because uh, both the cars would be light at the crest of the hill there. And uh, it was, it was a, a, late, a real late dive. And it's not a place where a lot of overtaking is done. But look at the advantage he's gained as he sweeps down through turn 15, 16. Let's have a look up the inside the replay. I simply think Alexander Torrell didn't expect it. It was a very, very bold move, and uh, I think probably swelling with pride at the moment. Alex Capadia now in the lead of the race. His advantage, 0.6 of a second, but it's, I think he's going to pull away now because he seems to be able to put his RLR M Sport Ligier where he wants it on the circuit, certainly handling very, very well indeed. The Norma in the hands of Alexander Torrell, don't forget... Jonathan, Johnny Palmer assured us he would pull way clear in this race, but of course two safety car periods are now charging Alex Capadia, and there's a very, very different complexion to the equation. Good to see Raymond Voss going again. He's having a little look at uh, Lee Mole. Don't forget Raymond Voss qualified on pole in the GT3 class, and now he's got the tyres warm, as Tom Onslow Cole told us. He is very, very confident. And the battle of the two Mercedes, the one that's travelling faster, is definitely Raymond in the... The Dutch racer flashing his lights. Oh, how impudent. You're a lap or two down after you're sitting in the gravel and you dare to flash me, thinks Limo. But uh, you're not having the line into turn one. Thank you very much. So the number eight car just exiting the tight right-hander at turn three. There's a clash further down the order that's going to be investigated between Alex Kwani and 46, the EV Motors car. So that could also um, be bad news as far as EV Motors are concerned. We did see an off, didn't we, for the four? We saw an off see... earlier, but then they were close to the top of the hill. I didn't see a clash. We were more busy looking at Raymond Voss going yes. around the outside, perhaps to, to repeat history. Thankfully, he didn't. He's managed to power his way past Lee Mole down the inside. Well, there was a clash down into turn seven, and you have to go... We know that Lee just has to keep it safe and keep it sweet, but I don't think he expected the move for Raymond. Raymond is laps down after sitting in the gravel, but that will not please um, well, probably either of them. But I would suggest that... Uh, Lee Mole, he's just trying. It's a very different thing when you, you've got the championship to lose potentially. You're looking for caution. He's had various people lock up near him, and it's really become suddenly magnetic for problems. You, when you just simply, it's a bit like playing a sport where you're not quite, quite playing it 100%, like rugby. If you don't, you get hurt if you don't go in properly. And it's right now, it's almost like he's come back off a little bit, and things might start happening around him rather than if he's the hunter than the hunted. I think being the hunted is quite difficult. Also could be quite an interesting dynamic down at the Ram Racing Garage now because on a number of occasions we've seen Phil Keane in that garage. He's good mates with a lot of the mechanics and with Tom Onslow Cole as well. They both drive Mercedes, but I don't think Phil Keane's going to be tremendously happy about that move from Raymond Voss. There's going to be a drive-through penalty for car number four, the car of Alexandre Quani, for causing that collision with Phoebe Motors Lamborghini at turn six. That was a little while ago. That's nothing to do with the damage being carried, by the way, on the 46 car. That was purely because of this ABS problem and a flat-spotted tyre, which then went bang on the main straight. But it's clearly not helped EB Motors since then, and they are still a lap off the absolute pace. Set by this car, the Cedric Mezar-driven Lamborghini Huracan, as he pitches the car into the left-hand hairpin at turn six. And this is the SVC Sport Management entry from Austria in very non-Austrian colours the uh, all orange bodywork with very little sponsorship looks a great car and it can be handed to Stevie S the gold graded driver in probably about 10-15 minutes time right good little scrap that's fighting over third place in GT3 class Andrew Baker in the Gulf Racing Porsche tucked it behind Claudio Schiavone who seems to be picking up the pace 
uh, trying to see what he can do. Great. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, we look at him as he gets so much understeer, he hardly gets into turn four. Up over the crest, so advantage gained by Andrew Baker. Sorry, that was turn nine. There's turn ten, wonderful corner. And they get to the top of the hill and they turn right through turn 11 and then very sharply right through the corner with the massive drop off a 12% angle of slope. And uh, steep even there, but of course, television flattens it all out. It really is a corner that catches drivers by surprise, even on their track walk. So that's the third placed Porsche and the fourth placed um, Ferrari. And uh, amazingly, we've not had that many 488s in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. It's still a relatively new GT3 car. We had a 458 earlier on in the year. Another off for Jim Maguire, sadly, kicking up the dust. And uh, very dry ground now. That couldn't be said on Friday, with quite a bit of overnight rain Thursday into Friday. And then a dull day, as far as Algarve uh, standards are concerned. It's been beautiful sunshine, though, all day yesterday and today, which has dried out the grass. And it means that Jim Maguire, Maguire's recovery is relatively easy. Well, it's fortunate he didn't come back across the circuit because he was very close to Cedric Meza, who's driving very well in the lead of GT3. I was just watching the 46 Lamborghini Busnelli. He's now closing right up on Limol. Didn't seem to have any ABS problems at all down into turn one. Here's car number four, served its drive-through penalty. So for Alexandra Quanyu, that drops him uh, right down to the back of the pack in the th P3 class. Now, Limol, he had that near moment uh, <laughs> very short time ago. Just let Busnelli pass. There is nothing you need to do. Mm. Yeah, Busnelli, it looks like he's in third. He's actually in fifth, as you can see from the caption below. A full lap behind Cedric Mezar. So uh, even getting by Limol wouldn't put him on the lead lap. He needs to get ahead of the orange Lamborghini to be able to do that. And then has something like another four and a bit kilometres to try and make up. So fifth place, looking like the best result that EB Motors can grab at the moment. Second place is still fine for the seven car. And Limol, oh, I thought he was making shapes there to allow the Lamborghini through. At turn 12, turns out that that's not the case through the deep compression at 13 and up the hill towards the tight left-hand hairpin. Well, I think there's another reason not to let someone down the inside in turn 12. You run out of track on the outside. We saw the other Mercedes going off with uh, Raymond Voss at the wheel. Raymond flying at the moment. So Lee, I think, was uh, yeah quite wise there. Maybe he'll let him by on the start-finish straight, but he's just going to run his line, try not to go out over the curbing because another car is just being warned. Uh, for track limits, that's uh, car number 39. So they are being watched. That's Eric Trouillet. Of course, he went off over the outside at that uh, turn early in the race, but that's because he was having a spin. So down the start, finish straight goes Lee Mole, Emanuele Busnelli in the black Lamborghini, or what's left of the Lamborghini in terms of bodywork. Down the start, finish straight. Watch it under braking, front bodywork twitching away there, but uh, the braking seems under control. We're not getting locking up anymore, which certainly the tyres are saying thank you very much for. Yeah, and uh, we'll find out at the end of the race just how bad a shape that car is in in terms of its driver aids but Busnelli I think doing a splendid job here to keep up with the pace of the second placed GT3 car and remember the Lamborghini in this configuration if Limol finishes second the Lambo has to finish fourth so it's effectively uh, trying to catch the uh, metallic blue Kessel Racing Ferrari of Claudio Schiavone and here it is right on cue Schiavone in turn trying to get ahead of Andrew Baker to ensure that the Ferrari finishes in third position with still another stint to come, of course, from the Italian's teammates. Now, for some of these drivers, their, their time in the car is rapidly coming to a conclusion because the pit window opens in uh, just over five minutes' time. We have it open for ten minutes, five minutes either side of the hour, if you will. So Andrew Baker will be handing over to Ben Barker. Ben races the sort of superior model of 
Gulf Racing's Porsches in the World Endurance Championships. And last weekend, he was seeing next to nothing, six hours of fog at Fuji. But that was difficult, difficult racing. I mean, difficult, difficult commentary, actually, having to describe 50 shades of grey. But it was it's, it's such a great track. And to come here in the autumn sunshine in uh, Portimao, he must be thinking, this is rather more enjoyable. But uh, great to have people crossing between the World Endurance Championship, the European Le Mans Series, and coming to play in this as well. Andrew Baker must be delighted to have a driver of that calibre to, to bring him on and uh, certainly they've made good progress through the season Yeah, I think if you chat to Andrew he would certainly agree with that uh, made significant strides this season and we'll see what 18 brings for him maybe another chance to race on the Le Mans circuit on the 24 hours of Le Mans weekend as well or certainly leading up to it there's a Thursday race planned again for next year and a Saturday morning race as the road to Le Mans is split effectively through the whole week and there, coming down the hill, is the number 98 car, which is the Motorsport 98 entry from Belgium. Eric de Donker doing the opening stint. Side-by-side GT3 action there. Raymond Voss getting a lap back because he's just got ahead of the number 8 Cedric Mezar Lamborghini that leads the class. I don't think Cedric necessarily put up a great defence, though. No, I'm sure his team was saying, let him through. But Raymond Voss, you know, something to prove. He took pole in the GT3 class, and now he's got absolutely nothing to lose. Whereas Lee Mole and the other Mercedes is having to sort of pussyfoot around, not, not risk any mistakes. Raymond, well, it has been thrown away. Now it's about just enjoying your time on this magnificent circuit. And he's gunning for it, 100% out there. Andrew Baker looking to pick up the speed a bit more, and he's going increasingly well. His best lap, one minute, 50.495. We'll see what Ben Barker can do when he takes over. But, of course, this is a two-hour race, the conclusion of the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup. Car 39, been worn for track limits, had a spin down at Turn 1, and uh, he's trying to fight his way back up the order. It's a battle for sixth place overall. You see the graphic on the screen, but... Uh, in fact, they're not far behind fifth as well. The other graph car just up ahead in the hands of Adrian Chiller. Fifth, sixth and seventh. Very close indeed. All in the shot there together. But we're getting close to the pit stop time. The, the crews in the garages just starting to get their focus on what they've got to do. They wait all morning. They get the cars to the grid. Some of them had four wheels on. Adrian Chiller did not. But <laughs> they fitted it onto the 65 car. And... Uh, we are nearly at pit stop window opening time. The lead at the moment, five point, just under six seconds. Alex Capadia fought his way from 16, two safety car periods, but each time he'd gained positions and he worked his way past Alexander Toriel. So for Ross Warburton, who'll be taking over the number 14 RLR M Sport Ligier, it's been a great, great job uh, by Alex Capadia to give him not just the lead, but a lead of increasing number of seconds. Jonathan Shawgay's lines also being watched now in car number nine for Duquesne. That was at turn five, so slightly more unusual place to uh, push the track limits beyond where they should be. 16, uh, the 22 car being pinged there in turn 16 is this one, the final corner on the track. It's very easy indeed to allow the car to wash out over the kerbs. This is a replay of... Oh, a spin again for Jim Maguire. He's had a... Rather sorry race, a I'm afraid. Yes, he has. And he's been worn for track limits as well. Uh, turn 16. It's turn 16, if you get it wrong, you go into a compression. You must be thinking, my options are becoming limited as you start running off the circuit. There's a long curb you can run back over. And a bit of a tarmac, painted tarmac beyond. 39, he's had his spin, that's Eric Trier. But I reckon in terms of pace, he should be able to get through this little cluster of cars. Certainly qualified better than his teammate. His teammate just out of shot, that's Adrian Chiller. He's got to get past Eric de Donker beforehand, but the, the big hand beating around to the top of the hour. Point, probably half the cars will have had their driver change. So how much longer Eric Trier stays on board remains to be seen. But he'll be handing over that uh, number 39 entry to Scott Andrews from Australia. And uh, 
Scott silver-ranked driver Eric Abrons, so you'd suggest that change will come earlier rather than later to give the silver-rated silver driver as much time in the cockpit as possible. Back to the EB Motors Lamborghini, and Eduardo Freitas, the race director, has given instructions to EB Motors that they have to repair the car on the next pit stop so that uh, the ACO is satisfied, the scrutineering team within the ACO are satisfied that their car is safe and able to continue, otherwise they run the risk of getting the mechanical warning flag. So happy that uh, the car continues in that condition, at least to the pit stop. Car falls being reported to the stewards for more track limit abuse. It's already had one drive-through penalty, number four, and that was for contact with the 46 machine. But uh, EB Motors think they've weathered the storm and then they've been given further instruction that uh, that bodywork needs to be sorted out. So we'll see how they get on. Well, I think there'll be a whole new nose section going on that car. OK, well, that's going to take a long time. And they've already fallen off the lead lap. They can't fall any further down, in fact, because Raymond Voss is that far behind. Unless it really does take a long time to sort the nose of that Lamborghini out. But it looks like fifth place is the best they, they can manage in this race. They're hoping, then, that Lee Mole finishes this race outside of the top two. Seems unlikely at the moment as well, with Phil Keane readying himself to take over car seven. Black and white driver warning flag, constant abuse of track limits, Raymond Voss, Mercedes number five, because we've seen him pushing to get past everything he possibly can. And uh, anyhow, his run will pretty much be at its conclusion come on May. Drive-through penalty, yeah, we said on, on the screen for number four, just to reiterate. So they are being watched at every point around the circuit. And it will be very large in the driver's mind. Uh, they have to stay within the white line so it looks like Limo coming into the pits and Busnelli as well follows us in so this is a chance for the co-drivers Tom Onslow-Cole will get to drive the number 5 car shortly Phil Keane will take over the 7 Mercedes and Fabio Babini the 46 Lamborghini but don't forget that's going to have to have some body work repairs so the drivers who didn't think they'd necessarily get a race will be getting a go certainly for Fabio Babini he thought he'd be on the sidelines he does get to have a turn but we'll wait to see what they do to the front, front end of that Lamborghini now these pit stops don't have to be done at breakneck speed there is a minimum pit stop time to be adhered to and that's because of uh, the, the slightly lesser experienced teams making sure that they do everything to the letter of the law every I is dotted and every T is crossed and drivers are safely installed Lee just making sure that Phil Keane is happy in the cockpit of car number 7 and there's often a little bit of waiting to be done at the end of the stop once the tyre's been changed and the fuel's gone in to allow the time to tick by you're timed from the timing loop at pit in to the timing loop at pit out and the car number four not in for its uh, scheduled stop in fact for a second trip through the pits oh and it's crossed the blend line as well Kwani I'm sure will be pinned for that too oh dear me the cool racing by GPC machine um, well they say things coming threes don't they that might be a third penalty we'll wait and see well, SVC car, which had been leading GT3, is now in for its stop, Bruce. Yeah, just saw the front bodywork repair very fleetingly being done on the 46 Lamborghini. Again, standard pit stops for all other crews, as far as we can see. So waiting for eight to get back out. Still fitting the bodywork. We need the camera to be around the other side of the car. The front. OK, they've, they've popped the nose section off, so it was what we predicted, a whole nose section. They put the uh, valance over the top of the wheel that had shattered but how many more panels have to be lifted to fit this bodywork on so clock ticking away they're doing the whole lot mm. new everything by looks like all fingers and thumbs 
Well, they're not going to finish any better than fifth, it would seem, unless somebody retires in front of them. So better to take the time, make sure everything is done correctly and send it back out again. They're not going to lose a position because, as I mentioned, the five cars that far behind. And now the cable ties are out. This is the sort of uh, repair work I quite enjoy. Just need a lump hammer as well. I don't think that's going to be necessary. As the number seven Mercedes is back on the move to resume in second position, I reckon. As the eight car is back out again. Yes, it is, having done a two minutes, 14 second stop. Likewise for the seven car, exactly the same time, 2.14. And the number 20, now Ben Barker-driven Porsche, is going to rejoin as well after a 2 minutes, 14 seconds stop. And as the clock continues to tick, the Ebby Motors Lamborghini crew <laughs> with cable ties in their mouths because they've clearly got to apply so many go about their work on the front end of the car that, don't forget, was leading the GTE class ahead of the race today. But uh, things went wrong with the ABS problem in that front right wheel and the tyre exploding and ripping the bodywork apart. And Emmanuel Busnelli just uh, trying to get rid of some of the sweat that's built up across that uh, nearly hour-long stint. The Kessel Racing Ferrari is about to rejoin the race as well, the 488. Ferrari Italia and number 93. It's great to have that car in the field. Schiavone handing over to Andrea Pacini. But the lead of the race still being contested between the Alexes. Alex Capadia leading the way. Alex Torres has made it into the pits, but uh, Capadia trying to press on to right to the end before the pit window closes. And uh, I must say he went wide out of turn 16. He could be getting a little bit of a warning there. He's trying to build the lead as large as it possibly can be. Of the cars that are chasing, Jonathan Chorge has not come into the pits. He's best part of 30 seconds down as a question uh, of when Campadia comes in. He's handing over to Ross Warburton, whereas, of course, the, the lead car at the start of the race, Alexander Torre, will hand over the Norma. As they still work around that. Ebi Motors Lamborghini over to his teammate, and that will be a driver who's really gained form through the course of the year, Jean Gloria. And there is Gloria coming out of the pits. Belgian racer keeping it sweet and tidy. Just got to keep it cool and calm. But for Alex Capaldi, he's trying to stretch that advantage as much as he can. He could probably do another lap before he thinks he needs to come in. He's going flat out earlier in the race, he set the fastest lap. Oh dear, you are. Car number four was born for crossing the exit line of the pit lane. I hope uh, Alexandra Kwani doesn't come find me now for dobbing him in, but it looked pretty obvious, to be honest, as, it, uh, as the car rejoined. So that may well be a third penalty for the number four car. Also, I think from the 99 machine, it looked like something was bouncing across the track as it rejoined, and it looked suspiciously like a wheel nut. I'm hoping that doesn't come back to bite either the, it was either the 99 or the 98 car. And the 98 now has Andy Merrick at the wheel and isn't on an outlap, so it was Stefan Tribardini who either just clipped something that was already on the track and it bounced across the circuit or it fell off the car but we'll wait to see because that will uh, well that was going to go one or two ways and I would suggest really rather early if something does go wrong in that car here's Alex Capadia after a heroic stint from the lead of the race tremendous drive again from the Aylesbury ace and he comes down the main straight into the pit lane to now hand over to Ross Warburton admittedly the pace of the car is going to dip now with Ross at the wheel but they could still be on for a top five finish no fingers crossed for those guys here's the number three car handed to Jean Gloria Gloria and Alex Torrell already with the title and DKR Engineering we'll to see what this team does next year and where these drivers will be perhaps in the main European Le Mans series for 2018 
as work continues on car 14. Remember, they have to uh, adhere to this minimum pit stop time, so uh, down at RLR Motorsport. They look reasonably hurried, but not overly stressed, as Ross Warburton eases himself into the car. Car 53, drive-through penalty for speeding the pit lane. Car 65, drive-through penalty for speeding the pit lane. As a team chief, you must just pull what's left of your hair out of your head. You get to this stage in the season and the drivers are still failing to do their bit. We know what it's like. They've concentrated so hard out on the track, but to do the damage, you know, they save a tenth here or there of a second by driving well, but they blow so much more time by getting a drive-through penalty. It must make you just go weak and go, that's it, I'm off for coffee, frankly. <laughs> or something stronger. Yes. Now, that Lamborghini looks like uh, it's fresh from the factory as uh, the new bodywork has been attached, a new bumper. I know whether they put a new uh, right front wing on the car. I thought I saw that go on uh, right yes, at the start. I tell you what, if I bought a car from the factory, I wouldn't want it held together by cable ties. But hey, maybe that's just me. <laughs> All underneath the skin, what you can't see, you don't know. The headlight doesn't work. I hope that's uh, not a problem as far as the regulations are concerned. It might work, actually, but they've put so much tape on it, you can't see the headlight uh, piercing out. But car six now, as we should probably call it, the four entirely obscured on the front of the car it's still there retained on the doors though and that car looking a little, a little bit sorry for itself I wonder how it's driving though this is Fabio Babini's first opportunity to see just how bad the ABS issue is bit of gravel on the circuit at turn five just to catch them out especially drivers who've just come out of the pits what they really want is they're welcome just concentrating on trying to get heat into the tyres and find gravel beneath them but it was a great, great drive from Manuelli Busnelli. Things clearly going very wrong indeed. But uh, you pointed out uh, just how well he drove. Because if there was still a problem with the uh, ABS, that would have been incredibly difficult. But he seemed to moderate it and uh, did a very, very good job. We were about to find out, actually, from the man himself just how bad that issue was. So more of that in a second. But there is Fabio Babini having taken the car over. It's still in fifth place. Uh, Raymond Voss has been in and out again, still displayed as Raymond Voss on the screen. Now, is that a decision by the team, maybe, to keep Raymond at the wheel, or is it just a driver ID glitch? Might be not as much a surprise for Voss to still be at the wheel, because clearly they're not going to get anything out of this race anymore. Interesting um, replay there, Johnny. Jean Gloria just taken over the car that should be challenging for the lead, and a big lock-up. So very early in his stint, he's found where the limit is and he braked a little bit past it. So now yes. that's the wake-up call and it was very close indeed. And Busnelli, seemed, uh, sorry, Babebini, going a little bit slowly at the moment. He is. Well, Feeding a man that will in. be able to tell us what the Lamborghini is doing and how badly damaged it is, is Emanuele Busnelli, now about to chat to Charlie George in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm down here with Emanuele totally frustrating stint for you there the guys have worked very hard to get the car repaired and back out does it look like it's okay now well it's difficult to say how is the car now i mean uh, well without all the, the part that i lost uh, after the explosion of the front tire the car was not really bad i mean of course i cannot uh, go down with the time uh, as I was doing in the first uh, on the beginning of the uh, of the race that the car was really really good but uh, it was still drivable and uh, I don't know what's happened actually because uh, I believe we have some problem with ABS because uh, uh, the lap before I blocked the point, the rear left tires so I had the one lap that was very very strange with the black with black tires was a very uh, moving so much 
Then they told me that was fine, and then they, they lapped after the front tire, right? Front tire explodes. So, I mean, it was uh, really unlucky. Hopefully that's the end of the problems and a smooth run to the end now. Well, I believe, uh, I mean, it's not easy because uh, Fabio have to finish all the race with the same tyres in the front, so, uh, and it's a very important tyres, uh, but uh, depends what the other will do, I mean, uh, because we are, uh, I don't know how many laps behind now, and uh, I, I mean, we have done everything. I drove really well and was very happy about uh, how I was driving. Uh, Fabio, if I for sure, he will do his best, but uh, it depends what they do the other ones now. Thank you. Thank you. Well, putting a brave face on things, I can tell um, Busnelli that the pit stop took seven minutes to replace those three body panels, and then now I make it four laps off the... Well, that's, sorry, that's off the GT3s. It's more like three laps uh, off the no four laps I was right first time with the GT3s as well because Steve S is putting in a tremendous speed now Ross Warburton is on board the 14 car about to be overtaken it looks like by Colin Noble they're going to be side by side coming to the final corner and Ross Warburton makes it pretty easy there for Colin Noble to squeeze through yeah Jean Gloria had already uh, made his escape made his move so uh, Capadio got it up into the lead of the race now back down to third but can Ross Warburton hang on to take a top three finish which would be a, a massive fillip at the end of their season but uh, we will see that car going backwards the car going forwards is Jean Gloria we saw him locking up in the number three Norma not so long ago on his first proper flying lap out of the pits got a little bit of traffic up ahead of him he's got the 99 car just in his way just got to be careful he's in a tidy lead five seconds it was over Colin Noble Colin now we'll see what Colin can do he set that car's fastest lap of the race last time around so picking up the pace set by Tony Wells in the opening stint virtual championship positions you like these they're equal at the moment after two and a half points each yeah however however they will both finish with the same number of wins because the Lamborghini won at Red Bull Ring and Ricard there have been victories for the Mercedes at Monza and at Spa-Francorchamps look at second places and the Mercedes has the edge because the Lamborghini believe it or not for EB Motors hasn't yet finished second and it's not going to finish second in this race either. So with one second place, the Lima Mercedes has the advantage. Integral work taking place down at number four crew. Do you ever get the idea it's really not your race? After yeah. three penalties, or two and a bit penalties, one overhanging, I think. A spin, a drive-through penalty, and now... What are they you doing? know what, I reckon they probably were speeding on the way into the pit lane maybe as well, just, to get the whole set. Maybe they're just stripping the car down now and packing up and saying, let's yeah. go home. We gave it a shot. Mm. So Richard Mines in the golf livery car handed it over to his teammates. That's in the hands of Andrew Bentley now. Number 23, up over the crest. Claudio Schiavone handed over the Kessel Racing car, so that's a uh, new driver on board. Andrea Piccini, that should really start to sing and swing around. And Jim McGuire handed over the 22 United All Sport cars, uh, a race of uh, race of moments, and Matt Bell will now be picking up the pace in that. He's already gained one position since getting back out onto the circuit, gone ahead of number 53, so he's picked his way past uh, Nathan Biel. How close do you like it, though, with the two GT3 teams level on points after what will be seven races and six rounds? Let's have a look back on what happens, has happened so far, though, in the opening hour and ten minutes. 
feels like about four hours ago we've had so much happen, but it's been a, a cracking start with a really good move from, first of all, Tony Wells and the car right of your picture, and the Duquesne engineering car doing both graph machines, driven by Jonathan Jorge from Brazil, and uh, shooting around the outside of Adrian Schiller and of Eric Truyer. Uh, Jim McGuire at the back of the field nearly nosed his way into quite a number of cars down at turn three, but he kept control of that moment. A spin for Eric Truyer very early on. That was on the second lap, the start of the second lap, as he was duking with his Graf teammate. And this has been a good drive from Cedric Mezar. First of all, getting past Andrew Baker for third position in the category, and then duking it out with uh, Lee Moll the big moment for the 46 EB Motors car tyre exploding and doing huge damage to the front right bodywork a spin for the 99 that's the debris that was left on the main straight from the 46 Lamborghini and look at the state of the tyre as it came in after only about four laps and immediate work necessary they fixed they did a quick fix on that Lambo as Raymond Voss then had a spin into the gravel just disappeared from sight briefly this was Cedric Messar taking the lead in the GT3 category getting ahead of Lee Mole down at turn number one and then a superb fight at the head of the order between Alex Torrell and Alex Capadia and Capadia door to door with the Spaniard and able to squeeze through racing room being given there by Torrell and then the 46 Lamborghini came in for its scheduled pit stop. It turned out to be a seven-minute affair as EB Motors had been given instructions from the race director to make sure that all the body panels had been fitted. And the car looks slightly better now, and I think Fabio Babini is doing a good job to keep it on the straight and narrow. Sadly, it's uh, three laps, four laps off the absolute uh, pace in GT3. Raymond Voss just working his way there through the one of the fast right-handers. And we're back to live action now with Jean Gloria leading the way. 3.7 seconds, so that gap's starting to come down. Colin Noble is catching him up. Yeah, catching him by a little bit, losing out a little bit on the next lap. Very, very even in terms of pace. Can't quite see Colin Noble in the background of the shot. Down out of 12 into 13. The track kicking up again for Jean Gloria. He had his moment, a big lock-up just as soon as he started this stint, but seems to have settled down. Lapping win, 1 minute 43s. And so is the car that's giving chase. Ross Warburton in third place, lapping in the one minute 47. So he's falling back and Andy Merrick will be starting to approach him and may well get him uh, for third place on this lap. But uh, for Stevie East, leading GT3 in number eight Lamborghini up over the crest on to the start of another lap. How big is his advantage? Quite tidy, really. Great drive from Cedric Mezar. Mm. Yep, Stevie S, uh, uh, to a certain extent, an easy job now to bring the car home the 43 year old who's quite a lot of experience in GT racing he is gold graded as well so great to have Steve the other side of the garage for Cedric to rely on and again there'll be a certain amount of tutelage mentoring from Steve to Cedric but they've, they've proved a good partnership this year in the number 8 car their best result coming uh, well they've had a succession actually of 4th positions this car's never actually featured on the podium this year though so this will be by far their best result if they can do it what Jean Gloria needs to do is get past TVS though because uh, all along he's been bottled up and in the background Colin Noble who took four tenths of a second out of the race leader last time around should be gaining all the more in that grouping so uh, there's the battle for tenth position that's down towards the tail end of the P3 class but up the very front end uh, Jean Gloria continues to lead but Colin Noble should be taking chunks of time out of him around this lap until Gloria can find his way past that number 
eight SPC Sport Management Lamborghinis. It's certainly advantage favouring the Noble crew at the moment. Don't forget, he and teammate Tony Wells won the opening race of the year and have had a cluster of second places since, but would dearly love to end the season on a high. Yeah, bookend it with uh, victories where possible. The 53 car trying to recover from an earlier moment and it is able to get by now the 23 car, which is now driven by Andrew Bentley, who took over from Richard Mines last time around. In the last pit stop, I should say. So car 53 now being driven from uh, Natan Biel, who's taken over from his French teammate, Laura Milara. Down the start, finish straight, the, the move is made for Jean Gloria to get past the Lamborghini, but the gap has come down to just under a second, point nine eight six per second. Colin Noble really did gain hand over fist, the lap was going to be an expensive one, but if, if Noble can get up the inside of that Lamborghini very soon, then he's going to have gained about three seconds out of this equation, but Stevie S leading the GT3 class isn't really keen on letting him pass you shouldn't really worry about him at all they're, they're nothing to do with each other in the race but the black nose always throws John in eye because it's a replacement nose on the front of the noble car but he goes up the inside so uh, very gentlemanly driving there from Stevie S hasn't blocked it there is our leader number three the Norma but uh, for Jean Gloria he's going to have to really fight because Colin Noble has had a very good handful of laps he had the better of the traffic for sure but just before they hit the traffic he was gaining by small margins of a second so this is a really serious battle for the lead between these two races at the very front end of the field just to tidy up something I said earlier on it is definitely Tom Oslo Cole in the number 5 Ram Racing car now there's a little bit of a lock up from John Gloria as he reached the top of the hill the car becomes light as it's then turned in at turn 12 but uh, the line was good actually despite one of the wheels becoming slightly unweighted and a puff of tyre smoke again squirrely at the top of the hill too Ooh, very squirrely indeed coming out of turn 15 there was almost a spin there for Jean Gloria which it's, will have made it very easy for Colin Noble it certainly will because he wasn't able to get back on the power that means that the momentum down from 15 to 16 the sweep onto the start finish straight will very much fable favour Colin Noble, it was 0.986 of a second last time around, then 0.95 of a second, 0.834 has been a really good lap, but there has been about three or four moments for Jean Gloria, he's feeling pressure that he hasn't felt through the course of this championship very much, but as you pointed out Johnny, he normally starts the races and then hands over to Alexander Torrell, it's a very different equation now, trying mm. to do the finishing stint Absolutely right, and Colin Noble is a silver, whereas Jean Gloria a bronze at the moment, so this is a real test now of the young Belgian from uh, Kortreich in Belgium very close to the French border and enjoyed taking the title at his home event a month ago at Spa-Francorchamps as you say Nielsen Racing not won since the opening round at Monza they want another victory and the lights are starting to flash now for Colin Noble it shows he means business uh, just sitting there is creating this bit of pressure and a distraction for the race leader it certainly is but looking for a wider shot to see where the next traffic is they're going to come across doesn't seem to be very close to them at the moment on the higher part of the circuit they go up through the sweep at turn 10 beautiful shot turn 11 and then you can see the big grandstand in the background there's the drop still no one in front of them so several laps where it's going to be pure racing uh, without interruption from any other runners and again Jean Gloria a little bit loose going out of turn 12 certainly Colin Noble can put his Ligier from Nielsen Racing right where he wants it but this is the point on the circuit when we come to the uh, corner there in now that was where we had lots of understeer there's still a fair bit of understeer there from Jean Gloria but much tidier than that before but look how the Ligier in Noble's hands is much sweeter into the compression as they come out of turn 15 it just looks the happier car at the moment and I think that's more to do with tyres than setup. Alex Torrell 
Um, had a, an interesting stint where he couldn't hold back Alex Kapadia. I think they didn't. He didn't want to hold him back too much and waste time, knowing that the 14 car's pace would probably drop off with Ross Warburton wheel. Well, in fact, Ross has now dropped front down to sixth place, being passed by Andy Merrick, Scott Andrews and Michele Rugolo. I haven't really talked too much about Rugolo in this race, but he's starting to move his way forward. In fact, he was the fastest of all the runners last time around, up into fifth place. So the Italian, with great racing pedigree, uh, will be continuing his advance in the spirits of race car. That was started by Claudio Stanovic. And uh, Rugolo yeah, could yet be on the podium. But unfortunately for Alex Capada, he will not be because Ross Warburton continues to tumble down the order somewhat. There was a late call-up for Rugolo at Le Mans this year, was there not? The man from Montebelluna, 35 years old, also a gold. As Alex Torrell looks on from the pit wall and admires his teammate John Gloria's driving here to stay ahead and stay almost a second ahead at least that was the gap at the start of this lap we've got 41 and a bit minutes to go and we're set for this intense fight I would suggest all the way to the finish because even if Colin Noble can get by I'm not sure whether the Ligier will be able to necessarily pull a, a significant gap and John Gloria is going to be right on the bootlid of Colin Noble to get back past again but we haven't even had the initial overtake yet across the skyline they go there into turn 15 and Torrell deciding to take the high line 33-15 and then the approach into 16 is from a wide angle as well careful not to take too much curb on that uh, final corner which contains quite a bit of compression as well it's a steeply banked right-hander which opens out and then the climb up onto the main straight and then the descent down to turn one looks like a slightly better lap but it stayed at just a whisker under a second but the big question 40 minutes of racing but 40 minutes of racing to the finish on an abrasive circuit who's been kind to their tyres that's the question certainly on his early lap Jean Gloria wasn't being totally kind on his tyres wasn't finding the performance from them and the car was pushing and shoving around the circuit which does further damage to the tyres so is Colin Noble on a sweeter set or is Jean Gloria on a sweeter set of course the advantage of Alexander Torrell twice quashed by the safety car the, the, the time cushion he would normally build in was not built in today and that is why we've got the car that's won the last four races on the trot oh dear black and white flag for constant abuse, abuse of track limits the driver in second place Colin mm. Noble he's been going out wide now Phil Keane and Ben Barker having a bit of play out on the circuit and that is for position ladies and gentlemen this is for Phil Keane is now back in third place. Doesn't want to be in third place, Johnny. You're going to have to reach for your points chart now and readjust, which is most unkind in the middle of a race. Third place isn't good enough. I know that for a fact because now all well, of a sudden easy, then. the seven car will finish on 99 and a half points. And if fifth place for the 46 continues, that's where the car is at the moment. Uh, it would finish on 102 and a half points. So championship pendulum swings back to EB Motors all of a sudden with a conspicuous move by Ben Barker down at the hairpin so into second place goes Barker and Phil Keane's going to have to try and find some speed here to get back in front well there we go thought they were cruising and it's cruising for a bruising very tidy and efficient move there from Ben Barker down the inside Phil's seen him just has to stay out wide okay let's not have body contact so what they've got to do really is catch up with Steve East they're second a lap faster than him he is leading the GT3 class but now very wide off the circuit one of the runners just ahead of them but the way that uh, Ben Barker has dropped 
Phil Keane, I'm beginning to wonder if there's a bit of a problem. What was the lap time for Phil Keane last time around? 1 minute 47. He went, lost about two seconds on his pace from the previous lap. Let's hope that was just simply getting out of the way, losing a bit of momentum. But the battle for the lead of the race... Well, are we going to have contact? Let's go around the outside. Don't forget Colin, uh, Colin Noble, already been warned for track limits. That's not the place to be uh, going off the circuit, that's for sure. Past the VIP tower, so... It's serious at the front. Dead serious, deadly serious. Jean Gloria leading the way. This is the battle. DKR Engineering against Nielsen Racing. But uh, no more excursions over the curbing. That would be the message from Nielsen Racing for, to Colin Noble. You cannot afford it. You've got the black and white flag already. Stay within the white lines. Well, we haven't had a battle like this pretty much all season. Well, certainly not since DKR Engineering really got into the championship groove and have been unstoppable. But the safety car has developed this. Obviously, DKR Engineering electing to put Alex Torrell in for the opening stint, but they couldn't utilise the Spaniards' pace because the the, 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 pa the race of the sorry, I'll start the sentence again. The pace of the race was constantly hampered by the safety cars, and it would have been better to have have had uh, Jean Gloria at the wheel, of course. But that's the benefit of hindsight. And the more conventional way of doing things to put the slower driver in to start with and then the quicker driver is in at the end to take advantage of any cautions that the teams have encountered along the way well that's going the way of Nielsen now but Colin Noble still needs to find a way through he's clearly quicker into the hairpin down towards the hospitality building in the middle of the circuit but Alex Torrell, sorry, uh, Jean Gloria pretty good through this first part of the lap into turn three so three versus 79 for the lead of the race, but more crucial as far as the GT3 battle in the championship is concerned is that inconspicuous move from Ben Barker, blinking you'd miss it, but all of a sudden it puts the seven Mercedes down to third, and EB Motors are just about scoring enough points in their fifth position. Yeah, Phil Keane. Just keep an eye on his lap times. One minute uh, last time around, one minute 46.8. Well, that's he's losing about half a second to the car ahead but the one they need to catch is Stevie S if they can get up with him he's about six seconds up the road from Keane then Johnny can reach for his points chart all over again and it will become much plainer but right now things are swinging away so when Lee Mole got out of the car he must have thought I've done my job we're okay we're okay because the big problems for the Ebi Motors Lamborghini uh, has put the battle very much in their pocket but uh, right now well, here are the virtual points on your screen Lee Mole as you can see three points down off the championship don't forget not last time we saw it it was 102 and a half for all three of those Busnelli and Babini in the Ibi Motors Lamborghini and Mole the only one who could have a tilt in his Mercedes because Phil Keane didn't do all the races but right now Phil Keane has really got to get some racing in under his belt let's hope there's not a problem because uh, normally you'd expect Phil to be the gold standard in, that, in the GT3 class well, I think the Lamborghini, the, the points that the drivers and that team EB Motors will score is going to remain constant. They can't improve on fifth. They're unlikely to lose fifth because Tom Oslo Cole is a full lap behind. So they will score 102.5, barring major incident before the end of this race. The variable is where the Mercedes finishes, and it has to finish in the top two. It's currently third. So this race has offered a great deal of variation and as you say, Lee Mole did the job. Phil Keane couldn't hold Ben Barker back. And now Phil's only hope is that both Ben and he catch Stevie S. As there's almost contact there for the 46 car. And that was the uh, leading battle in LMP3, squeezing by Fabio Babini. 
Colin Noble could not afford to lose any time there. He had to stay in touch with Jean Gloria and Busnelli. Nearly had his good wing damaged as they got very, very close indeed. But uh, for the lead battle to go through, that is great for, for Babini. He knows he's out of the overall running. But they are still leading the GT3 class when they thought all had been thrown away. They are still hanging in there, but he didn't need bodily contact. We earned this lead battle didn't need bodily contact out over the curb much tidier line from Colin Noble giving chase where the track really really drops away but still leading the race Jean Gloria is he heading for his fifth win on the trot with his uh, illustrious teammate Alexander Torrell but Colin Noble and Tony Wells who's watching on from the pit lane <laughs> from the pit garage Biggin takes a breath very different lines through turn 15 this lead battle has got the legs it's going to carry on I feel right the way to the finish black and white flag for car 99 now driven by Stefano Tribardini and that's not a penalty yet but might develop into one if Tribardini continues to exploit the track limits fingers crossed down at DKR Engineering and those cars now one and two working their way into the first corner the number eight car this is the GT3 lead and here comes Ben Barker then way quicker than Stevie S and we thought Steve was doing a good job in the SVC Sport Management Lamborghini Huracan but Ben Barker on a tear here after a good opening stint from Andrew Baker this car came close to winning at Spa-Francorchamps they finished second Remember, they've not done the full season, and I'm sure Ben and Andrew are making plans now to come back to the Michelin Le Mans Cup next year, because they could win the whole thing if they do the year. With Ben Barker's speed being offered in this golf racing Porsche 911 RSR, it heads out of that tight right-hander. This is the rear-engined 4-litre flat-six powered Porsche up against the 5.2 V10 in the Lamborghini in the middle of the car and Ben Barker is very squirrely on the brakes there couldn't go as deep as he wanted to into the bend because of the Graf Racing LMP3 car they're going to be level though exiting the hairpin darting from one side of the track to the other this is great stuff Bruce really is Scott Andrews sort of in the way a little bit but he's managed to pull clear which is good because on pace he ought to be quicker than the GT3 cars but uh, it is a question of when quite simply not if it's when slight mistake up to out of turn 9 there for Stevie is so through turn 10 carrying more momentum won't be able to make a move through 11 there's not enough space turn 12 absolutely not but uh, I think we're seeing that uh, Barker has really got uh, Stevie's rattled don't expect him to go around the outside but the whole point is to try to make a question mark in the mind of Stevie's but Steve's been racing for a very long time this circuit does provide more than one or two points around the lap which is why we love it so very much it's a brilliant circuit just inland from Portimao Ben Barker's got the speed all along I'm just going to see how far behind Phil Keane is and his lap time's pretty similar to those ahead of him but he's not in the background of the shot not quite in fact he just flashed into the background now on that long shot out of turn 15 so down the start finish straight they come one more time leading the GT3 class 12th place overall Steve East we're looking we're clearly talking about a fraction of a second pulling out to make the movers or not as the case will be as they go up to turn one Ben Barker really really fighting and yet more black and white flags Andrea Piccini we said he would be the quick guy once he got into the 93 entry that's the Kessel Racing Ferrari but quick but not in the appropriate places so he's on the driver Ben Barker been racing Porsches for several years now either in the UK Carrera Cup then moved on into the Super Cup and now races in GTE in the World Endurance Championship here comes the man from Cambridge then Ben Barker late on the brakes up the inside of Stevie S and that should be moved on much celebration down at Golf Racing UK they take the class lead and it's unlikely to flip back again because Ben Barker 
is having a storming drive. Well, it could be a day, day spent uh, celebrating at the circuit or, or heading down to, to the beach on the coast of Algarve if the job is done and completed. They've got the prize giving tonight. But what a, what a great move. It had been shaping up for several laps. Last time around, they had Scott Andrews sort of in their way in the P3 car. He managed to uh, pull clear of them when I thought he was going to block Steve East and allow the Porsche through. But he kept out of the way very well indeed. And look how, having made the move, Ben Barker is now starting to streak clear. And in fact, that move may have slightly slowed each of them and should gain a tenth of a second or two, which is what Phil Keane is trying to claw back. He is... Uh, some distance behind them now but maybe their fight will have given him a chance to close back in because as it stands Lee Mole sitting in the in the garage or probably not sitting jumping up and down and pacing back and forth the championship seemed to be in his pocket now it's swung away so it's suddenly back in the advantage of the Ebi Motors Lamborghini crew they're out of the running in terms of this race they're way down the order after the bodywork repairs but they are still in the lead of the GT3 class drive through penalty car 79 constant abuse of track oh, no. limits and that, unfortunately, is Colin Noble. He'd had the black and white warning flag, so suddenly Jean Gloria, under huge pressure from Noble, Noble ping for one too many times off the circuit. And the annoying thing from his point of view there, the 21-year-old, he could see that he seemed to have a performance advantage. He just couldn't find the space to go by, and he was the one that didn't have the handling problems. He saw Jean Gloria getting into all sorts of moments around the circuit, somehow holding on to it. It just seemed he just had to bide his time and his tyres were going to be sweet enough to, to make the move. Now he's got the drive-through penalty. He'll probably serve it as soon as he possibly can. Uh, and that is that. It looked as though they won the first race of the season, could add one at the end of the season, but now with the drive-through, it's over and out for Nielsen Racing. How unfortunate. Yeah, that is a real shame, and it means that we've denied the battle at the head of the order for the next half an hour or so, but it will mean that Jean Gloria finally has this pressure taken away from him in fairness he's stood up to it and best to bite the bullet as early as you can grasp the nettle as they say and here comes the 79 car straight in very late on the brakes Colin Noble there I hope he got down to the requisite 60 kilometers per hour because we've seen a couple of cars pinged for breaking the speed limit down the pit lane as well it's now on the limiter so things look fine and it will rejoin now where is the 79 car going to feed back in Will it lose out on third position? Andy Merrick is on a bit of a charge. It's probably a bit too far back. Although, is this Andy now coming down the main straight? I think it is in car number 98. So Black, black and orange it most yes. certainly is. So he moves into second place. But he had, he had a bit of uh, company. Is that Scott Andrews tucked in behind in third? I'm not entirely sure not. it was. No, it's, no, not. it's, it's a Duquesne car. It's number nine. That's way down the pack. That's uh, George Yanko. Yeah. Or Janko, the American, but then... And then there's another car, and then we see the graph machine. So, actually, Colin Noble's rejoined uh, right behind us, uh, on the timing screen, right behind Andy Merrick. There's a bit of ground to make up now. What is that gap? Three seconds or so between Andy Merrick and the rejoining Colin Noble, and then Scott Andrews a further two seconds behind. There is the classification so far, with John Gloria leading now by... Almost half a minute over Andy Merrick. Colin Noble fits back into third position. Aussie Scott Andrews fourth. Michaeli Rugolo fifth. And Matt Bell is in sixth place. As the caption winds through, we'll get confirmation of the GT3 order in a second. But it's well, Ben Barker that leads it. Ben Barker leads it. And uh, Stevie East has now got company. There's a, G, a P3 car behind him. But right behind him and lapping faster than the Lamborghini is Phil Keane. 
So he's got 27 minutes to the end of this race, and you'd have to feel that Phil Keen in that Mercedes should have the ability, well, he has the ability, should have the speed to get past the Lamborghini. He has to get past the Lamborghini if his teammate, Lee Mole, is going to take the GT3 championship. So it's looking tight. The first early laps of his stint just seemed to go a little bit away from him, and we had the Porsche coming through. That seemed to put him off his stride for a little bit, but uh, I was concerned there might be a slight problem with the Mercedes, but maybe just being wise, using all those years of experience to keep them not cane the tyres too hard early on. So we've got 25 and a bit, 26 and a bit minutes remaining in this race, and he's certainly coming after the Lamborghini. The car in between them is, I think, the 99 N-Race entry. Uh, no, it's... Yes, I think it is, the N-Race car. Confused between that and the 55, but the 55 has a bit more green on it, I think, from Spirit of Race. And nevertheless, the 99 should be quicker than it is it Stefan Trapanini oh that's actually for position isn't it that is for position so he, he doesn't need to get out of the way because I, I just was quickly checking the time charts Babini going a little bit wide there out of turn six yes so Ben Barker and Stevie S uh, 12th and 13th respectively then the 14th place Stefan Tribodini for N race so you're looking at uh, cars 13th 14th and 15th with the GT3 leaders uh, well, the leader away, and this is for second and third in the GT3 class, and crucial as far as the championship is concerned. Remember, Phil Keane has to finish in the top two, and if he can get past this bright orange Lamborghini, he's back where he needs to be. Well, the good news there was Stefan Tribadini managed to go up the inside of the Lamborghini, and hopefully he can pull clear because he doesn't want to be complicating this battle uh, for the GT3 runners. In fact, having got past, he's, he's uh, now eaten an advantage and up over the crest of the hill. They go dropping into the dip out of turn nine, up to turn ten, and the Mercedes with uh, Phil Keane, much quicker line. In fact, he's even in almost in position to make a move at turn eleven. Not one of those moves has worked in this race, but he's trying to unsettle Stevie East. Meanwhile, Ben Barker has used those long legs of his, and he's uh, as if running clear in this race. He's certainly pulling very well clear, very comfortably. The quickest driver in the GT3 class in the Gulf Racing UK Porsche. Andrew Baker did that good job in the early stint. Uh, no, ooh, oh, big, big mistake there from the Lamborghini Stevie. It's a big, big twitch at turn 15. That gave uh, a bit of encouragement, but he managed to just block the line that uh, Mercedes could not enter through. So car 99 and uh, drive through. They do come thick and fast. That's the car we've just looked at. Just pulled clear yeah. of this grouping. Stefan Tribadini, so he isn't the fly in the ointment, and he certainly won't be, because though he's in front of them on the track, just going down towards turn one, he will have to be reporting into the pit lane drive-through move up a position everyone who's behind him yes but because that doesn't change the points in the GT3 class this is still second and third although Phil Keane has gained as well, and uh, will indeed gain a spot as will Steve yes so yes at the moment keeping that Lamborghini as wide as possible Phil Keane just sitting in the wheel tracks trying to judge where the Mercedes has the advantage is it into this hairpin just needs to run a little bit longer into the corner and Phil Keane back in the second place big smile there from Sean Hollenby of AMD Tuning they kind of look after this car as well although it's officially entered by Lee Mollis back side by side again between uh, Stevie S and the Mercedes but I think Lee Moll now and Phil Keane rather driving it should have the advantage it looks like the Mercedes has the speed and now has the track position once again level on points with the EB Motors Lamborghini in the championship but the Mercedes has had more second places it's when you look at the faces the people in the garage you realise it's not just the driver that enjoys the racing the, the, the passion that the crews put in and uh, but also to see 
the racing that could be provided at a circuit like this. It is far from a one-corner circuit, the only place you can pass. You can pass in many places. We saw Phil Keane even trying it at turn 11. No one has tried that during the course of the race, but he should now drop Stevie S. He had the speed to get on the tail. Now he's maybe he's got nearly 23 minutes to go off after Ben Barker, but Ben Barker has been the pace in the GT3 class. Right now, I did, I did mention it's about keeping your tyres sweet. I'm sure Ben very kind to his indeed but uh, in terms of the championship it looks though it's now back in the pocket of Lee Mole but 22 and a half minutes uh, things can happen but in the hands of Phil Keane he must feel very very confident in the pace of his teammate Tyres will be the big issue now to, to the finish we know this is a highly abrasive circuit and the issues for the 46 Lamborghini early on probably caused by ABS problems more than the tyre the, the tyre issue but nevertheless something for these drivers to keep their eyes on and it's not just a case of easing it home to the finish because Stevie S is ready to pounce in the background of Phil Keane there's a car up ahead of him as well that he's going to get very close to on the braking obviously this championship includes various different driving abilities and you always have to be aware of your surroundings the lights are flashing now for, Lee, for uh, Phil Keane doesn't want to be delayed by the Duquesne car now being driven by Joel Janko Yes, finds himself in a queue of LMP3 cars. That's McKaylee Rugolo, is it, trying to get through? No, it's the 22, rather. Now driven by Matt Bell, yes, who took over from Jim Maguire. So Matt Bell able to motor on a little bit in car 22. And a spin for Tom Onslow Cole, which is a, a rare thing. Well, is... he was at the back of that little battle, and I think he had a couple of P3 cars just battling in front of him, but... Back onto the circuit he goes. Doesn't really affect the position of Carlos so much time when it was stuck in the gravel out of turn 12. But in the race room, and Voss drops off. Voss showed great speed when he got back and got going. And uh, didn't see how that incident started, but for Tom Onslow, Cole, a little bit of a rotation. Yeah, this day down in your diary as uh, a rare mistake for Tom Onslow, Cole, unless he had to check up or had some contact which speared him off the circuit. We might get a replay of that shed some light on it there's the 46 Lamborghini they can't finish any higher than fifth place there's bodywork again starting to just run loose on that car uh, it's the tape that's peeling back isn't it because of the speed that this Lamborghini gets up to all the gaffer tape starting to peel back and I hope that doesn't mean that the front right wing is going to work its way loose again yeah certainly concerned down in the Ebby Motors pit it's been brewing for the past few laps the front actually looks relatively tight on the car doesn't seem to be flapping around very bottom uh, front left as we look at it front right from the driver's uh, side a little bit loose it came out of the pits but the main bodywork above it was fine so all equal on points in GT3 as we stand 102 and a half for Busnelli and Babini and 102 and a half for the not the driver of number 7 the driver who's in the pit garage which is Lee Mole, it's his teammate Phil Keane in Mr. Race or two, so he cannot take the championship, but he's doing his utmost to be the standard bearer for Lee Mole. He's got past Stevie East in the uh, Lamborghini, dropped him very easily indeed, but for Lee Mole, it's a very nervous time in the pit lane at the moment. So down into the right-hander at turn 12 goes Phil Keane, having pulled that move on Stevie S not too long ago but that gap has now opened up to two seconds and will probably be three seconds in the next couple of laps now what is the blood pressure like down at Lee Mole Motorsport let's hear from the man himself now joining Charlie George in the pit lane yeah I'm down here with Lee looking a bit nervously what a race 
Sorry. You're looking a bit nervous there. This has been quite a race. Yes, I've got no idea what's going on at the moment, so it's worse than childbirth, I think, sitting here waiting to see what's going to happen. But I think we'll end up with the same points and it'll end up going on countback as it stands at the moment. So I don't know what that means. Well, best of luck. Not long left. Well, it's we easier not having a clue, isn't it? I suppose it is. He seems to be enjoying himself anyway, <laughs> regardless of what happens. But, well, I'll tell you, on countback, because um, neither car is going to win at the moment, so uh, they're not going to increase their number of wins. It's two apiece. Uh, so then you go to second places, and as I say, the Lamborghini has yet to finish in second. The Moles Mercedes finished second at Ricard. So that, for me, gives the championship to the Mercedes and all this pensive... Emotion down at EB Motors would back that up as well. They're not giving the sign of a team that are on the cusp of winning the Michelin Le Mans Cup in only its second year for GT3 anyway. We're gonna well, we already got our very first LMP3 winners. P3s weren't running the championship last year, but DKR Engineering have that championship in the bag. And they've got the race in the bag today, so it's an advantage of nearly 14 seconds. Obviously, uh, Andy Merrick moved up to second place when Colin Noble tumbled down the order with that drive-through penalty. Noble chipping away, but in fact, the fastest driver last time around was Andy Merrick in second place, so he's not going to make it easy for Colin Noble to try and get back up ahead. Colin Noble, abuse of track limits. He doesn't stand alone on that charge. A whole host of drivers have been warned for that. Car 98, the latest one to be warned again. Turn uh, number 16, Adam Merrick was the driver at the wheel at the time, so he's got to watch out. He doesn't want a black and white flag, and he certainly doesn't want the drive-through penalty that comes if you continue to transgress. Kenny Rugelet from a long way back into the hairpin, charging his way into turn six there to change pick of, off the graph. Change, yeah, change of place up to fourth place. He was the fastest of the P3 runners early in the stint. Now Andy Merrick is starting to wind up the pace. He is the fastest run. He's in second place overall, but he's 13 seconds down on Jean Gloria. Keep an eye, because last time he gained 1.6 seconds out of the race leader's advantage. That is continuing to tumble. And uh, Stevie East into the pit lane. That ain't planned, because uh, that's not a drive-through penalty. So the car that was in the lead of the GT3 class fell down to third place and now has arrived in the pits so now. I don't know what the problem is for that this is a drive-through penalty constant abuse of track limits for car number five Tom Onslow Cole hang on a minute because all of a sudden things start to perk up again down at EB Motors because that could be crucial for the number eight car extra is, points well indeed because uh, I said they wouldn't be able to get any more than fifth place barring major incidents and potential retirements ahead of them well that could potentially give them another spot the eight car was in third position. If the 46 can finish fourth rather than fifth, that gives the championship to them again. <laughs> they would win it by a point. This is uh, by two points, rather. So this is incredible, a final race with all sorts of different permutations. I'm pleased I brought the Abacus with me. Oh, fantastic. So Sean Hollaby has to suddenly get on the, on the radio. Uh, Phil, second place not good enough. You've got to get off after the race leader, the, the class leader now but the bodywork is starting to flap a little bit more on the EB Motors could there be another twist Johnny we've got just over a quarter of an hour to go will this be called in for bodywork to be reapplied can't happen for another five minutes the story hasn't got to its conclusion yet no indeed and the number eight car is still in the pit lane uh, Stefan Tribodini finding some good speed now I think there's every intention to send the number eight car back out again They're whipping around the back of the car the engine bay is the major concern, although tyre pressures are being taken as well. 
hazard lights flashing for the SVC Sport Management car. It was on course for its best result of the season with a third place. However, fourth place looks unlikely now. Can I throw something else into the mix, Johnny? Because I haven't done that for a while. Go on. Car 79 being warned again for excess of uh, exceeding track limits. Car 79, not alone, 93 has also been warned. That's uh, now Andrea Piccini, who's taken over the Kessel Racing Ferrari. So uh, there could yet be more twists. So the car that's chasing down, Colin Noble chasing down Andy Merrick, or trying his best to do so, but in fact Merrick uh, generally been slightly faster in second place, not last time round. That could have another drive-through, two drive-throughs in a race. Wouldn't be very good at all, would it? The Nielsen racing crew had been looking on course for the first bit. Stop and go for car number 79. Oh dear. Flagged it up and it's come to a conclusion. Now there are smiles down at Ebby Motors. It looks so it was in the bin for them and suddenly it's come sweet with that car coming into the pit lane and staying in the pit lane. This is the car that was third in GT3 and certainly has fallen down the order. So the Ebby Motors Lamborghini, the black one, number 46, moves up that position. There it comes down the start-finish straight. How much bodywork is flapping on the side of the car? I think you're right, Johnny, it is just tape. But if that gets a black and white, uh, a black and orange warning flag, it could lead to more problems. Third, just under 14 minutes remaining in the race. Sean Gloria leading by just a whisker under 10 seconds. Andy Merrick trying to get up to take a win for the Motorsport 98 crew. Yes. But the clock is ticking against him, I'd say, at the moment. Well, he was way quicker, though, than John Gloria last time around. Almost two seconds quicker. So the gap's down to 9.8 now with 13.5 to go. And what we saw early in the stint that John Gloria was having a few moments trying to get uh, the balance of that Norma right, and I think he might have been really abusing his tyres a fair bit. And this circuit, as all the teams will point out, is very, very abrasive. If, if you're slightly loose... Uh, really, really is a problem. Just want to throw something else in, Johnny. I think there is increasing concern about the Lamborghini bodywork on 46. Just as it went the adva- their advantage in the GT3 class, I think there's concern that they might be given a warning flag. Constantly looking at the screen to see who else has been transgressing. It's just 79 and 93 who are getting the stop stop-go penalties. By the way, you will have seen the 46 Lamborghini of Fabio Babini basically get a lap back on Stevie S. That didn't give him the place though, so the 46 is still fifth, having completed 50 laps. The car we're looking at has completed 52 laps, so Babini needs to get past it a further, a further two occasions to even be on the lead lap again. But the mechanics are in the back, so it's not a quick fix for the number no, 8 not. Lamborghini from SVC Management. It's a part that is not easy to access. You need extra arms with extra long arms with an extra joint halfway down the forearm, I think, to curl around the underside there. Another pit visitor being signalled just ahead of them. You can see some of the mechanic with the lollipop. Which car is coming in now? It's not for a drive-through penalty, so it's for a car with a problem. Is it Ebby Motors with their board? No, it's not. It's a P3 car that's coming. I thought it was them being flagged in. Is it in. not Colin Noble? Who no, is... it should be a drive-through penalty, shouldn't it? Not... Or stop-go, okay. stop-go, not drive-through. It is, you're quite right, mechanic, just uh, keeping out of the way. So... Yes, because well, the car's already done a drive-through, yes, and so then... It's was pinned again for further track limit infringement and abuse, should we say not respecting the limits of the track that solid white line to left and right of the main asphalt so Colin Noble brought to a halt then he can get going again it's literally a come to a halt then power out again but careful not to spin the wheels otherwise we'll get another penalty so Stevie S versus Fabio Babini this little private battle of fourth and fifth which will be crucial in the championship the two Lambos now separated by a lap 
Uh, 51 completed by Babini, 52 by Stevie S, but ES is going nowhere. Going nowhere. He's, uh, it seems to be a clutch problem, and they're trying to trying to get something to engage, but I, I think that they won't fix that in the course of a lap, surely. And in fact, coming towards the end of the lap, out of 12 goes the 46 Lamborghini. This is the one that needs to be ahead. Uh, move ahead of this but the 8 Lamborghini still sitting in the pit lane nothing quite happening uh, for them I don't think he's going to get that back out onto the circuit still working away still it seems gears will not engage in the SVC Sport Management Lamborghini so I expect the 46 Lamborghini sweeping out of turn 15 out of turn coming into turn 16 that will move back up a position which is absolutely crucial put it back into the lead of the GT3 class just over 10 minutes remaining two hours seems such a long time to go and play and suddenly we're down to the very concluding moments in the race change of position happens now the black Lamborghini moves up a position right behind him he's got the class leader in GT3 Ben Barker driving a fantastic race moves up two positions because a surprise stop for Andrea Piccini in the Kessel Racing Ferrari as well he's just come in now that metallic blue car so all of a sudden car 46 from 5th to 3rd place and gains 5 points as a result ok what what does Philip Keane have to do it's 25 points for victory 18 for 2nd place he's got to win this the GT3 class Ben Barker leading him by ooh, nearly just over 12 seconds how fast are they equal in terms of pace Ben Barker's got it taped for Gulf Racing UK this could be really really unfortunate for Lee Mole it seems whatever the driver on board his car right now Phil Keane can do down to the infield hairpin at turn six as fast as he goes I don't think he's got an option with the other no. the Lamborghini and the Ferrari coming into the pits it's presented the championship surely back to the 46 Ebi Motors crew I am getting a bit too excited because of course that Ferrari's still about three laps ahead of the 46 Lamborghini so even though it came in and it came in for a drive through because so, it took 32 seconds for Puccini to come in and out that car's completed 55 laps and remember the Babini Lamborghini's only done 52 so actually didn't gain two places my mistake no I went with it as well because it was a stop go wasn't it not a pit stop uh, yes but it's still two points gained by the 46 Lamborghini which is enough by my reckoning the 46 in this current state this order the 46 would finish on 104 and a half points and the Mercedes 102 and a half points so, Ben Barker leads the class. Phil Keane can't do much better than that at the moment. The gap between the two is 11 seconds. What's the gap for the lead of the race, though? 7.3. Well, just being shown a replay of Stefan Tribudini going for a spin. There, there are external elements that can affect races, and someone spinning in front and putting dirt on the circuit could catch you out next time around. Let's hope it doesn't do that for our front runners. So, as Andy Merrick hunts down Jean Gloria. As we said, 6.7 seconds, it's coming down 8 seconds. I thought the clock wasn't going to be the friend of Andy Merrick, but uh, he and Eric Tadonka could be celebrating victory if he keeps going at the rate he is. So there is the number three, Norma, from DKR Engineering. Engineering, four wins on the trot. Will they make it five? Will there be smiles at Ebby Motors? Because their Lamborghini looks as though it might, after all its travails, be able to come through to take the GT3 class but let's not talk about that right now Jean Gloria will he make it five on the trot how much is his advantage being chipped away this lap down to 6.7 seconds 6.6 seconds on the start finish line Andy Merrick is out hunting and Michele Rugolo is catching both of them but he is uh, 20 seconds further back 
Isn't it amazing to see the emotion within a garage like EB Motors? Busnelli starting to bounce round on his chair now. and He's wearing the glasses to hide his eyes. The yes, emotion, he he's just trying to keep it bottled up. Talk about being dragged through the mill there in terms of up and down emotion and how motorsport can give and then take away at the same time. The tape is still peeling back on that car. Let's hope all the body panels remain intact. Seven minutes to go, and that car now running in fourth place against all odds, and purely because of the number eight car, which still hasn't rejoined. Here it is. I almost don't dare look at the timing screen, because at the bottom you get messages flashing up. It's normally track limits, but who will it be? There is going to be surely another warning. There's a black and white warning flag for car number nine, constant abuse of track limits. But when you see that, you just check which the car. The number nine is not in any reckoning at all. It's... Uh, down towards the bottom car in P3 but if any one of the front runners we had Colin Noble pulled in for a drive through then a stop and go penalty that cast it way down the order down into sixth place overall one of the quickest cars out there was hunting for victory Tony Wells can do nothing about it he's standing in the pit garage for Nielsen Racing but who else in the world of the eagle eye stewards will be transgressing and causing the problem Ben Barker seems to have had a really really clear run he's going to take victory in the GT3 Class, there he is, there are the standings at the moment. Golf Racing UK, Lee Mole, he's in second with Phil Keane at the wheel. He needs to be in the lead of the, lead of the race to stand a chance of landing the championship. It's come back to Babini and uh, Busnelli, who are there in fourth place in the race, but uh, Phil Keane cannot surely gain 12 seconds in the final. Six minutes this race, because Ben Barker, gold standard driver, doing a fantastic job for Golf Racing UK. He will win the class, which will really go against Lee Mole, unfortunately. Yeah, but a tremendous end of the year for Golf Racing UK. They've done a part season, and I'm sure Ben Barker and uh, Baker will be wanting to come back with a vengeance perhaps next year. Andrew Baker with a really good opening stint, and his development continues. There is the car in second position, and that is an indication of how the points look at the moment. Although there's a mistake, there's a on mistake the screen. there because Busnelli and Moll can't be on the same points. It must, it should read Busnelli and Babini on 104.5 and Lee Mole on 102.5 the gap's only two points but it's enough at the moment to give the title to EB Motors <sighs> and breathe <laughs> we're and not there breathe. yet five more minutes you to go you never know what you're going to get in a round of the Michelin and the Mall Cup but I, say, I, I would think they've probably saved the most dramatic race for last there have been twists and turns two safety car periods and now into the final five minutes looks like the GT3 championship is going to go to a crew who looked like their race was going to be over with first of all the problem with the ABS then the bodywork disintegrating as a blowout on the start finish straight that caused one of the safety car periods for all that debris to be cleared and yet here they are racing they had a long long time for bodywork repairs but simply by dint of keeping going it looks though they will take victory rather than the number seven Mercedes driver who's standing in the garage at the moment as Phil Keane goes out to do the business for him but Keane needs to take victory Andrew Bar Andrew Baker is watching on as his driver Ben Barker is heading oh dear sorry I've got to stop myself there's another drive through penalty car 39 don't worry it's not one in the mix it was in trouble early on with Eric Trier now Scott Andrews has transgressed that will drop it down from fourth in the race so, yeah, I said there'll still be problems in the final five minutes I didn't want to look at the screen but it's not one of the people featuring at the sharpest sharp point of the race so Jean Gloria his lead down to only 3.8 seconds last time I looked it was six and a half seconds great great drive from Andy Merrick Fabio Babini out there in that 46 Lamborghini just got to keep it going now got to keep the bodywork on the car do not hit a curb it could loosen the bodywork 
but who's going to win the race outright? Yes, I know the three car has taken the championship for DKR Engineering and John Gloria, Alex Torrell wanting to end their season on a high. But Andy Merrick and his teammates, uh, Eric de Donker, already on course for their best result of the season. Can they top it off with victory? Motorsport 98 have already finished third at Spa. They got a fourth place at Red Bull Ring as well, but yet to finish in the top two. And there is the car that stands in their way to take victory. So where's Andy Merrick? There he is, just popping into sight through turn 12. The gap is 3.3 seconds. It's come down by half a second on this lap but there it's are only three enough. minutes to go yeah. it's not enough there was a response last time around John Gloria picked up his pace again and uh, all but matched the chasing Andy Merricks has just kept enough life in those tyres looked a bit loose early on down through turn 15 into 16 he comes in the background of the shot potentially he's almost lost a bit of time around the final third of the lap Andy Merrick giving chase but it looks as though it's going to be just enough for the DKR engineering crew there is Andy Merrick in the background of the shot coming up the rise and it really is a steep rise up the start finish straight 3.5 seconds he gained a little bit only a third of a second heading for victory in the GT3 class is Ben Barker Andrew Baker will be watching on now they've adjusted the graphics so Lee Mole as you can see the number 7 Mercedes driver will be just two points shy Busnelli and Babini Babini and Busnelli they thought it had gone away from them the problems with the AB Motors Lamborghini but they made good they kept going and uh, by dint of just doing that very thing problems particularly for the SVC Sport Management Lamborghini that put the ball back in their court two minutes to go and the leaders the LMP3 leaders are in the middle sector on lap 63 Scott Andrews is in for his drive through uh, and it is just a drive through for the 39 car isn't it nothing more severe than that here comes Ben Barker heading into the very fast right hander enjoying this lead of well, 15 seconds now over Phil Key. Over the line they go for probably two more laps with the leader just heading into turn 12 now. And therefore, at the end of this one, we'll be on to the last lap with a minute and 20 seconds still to go. And John Gloria, a bit offline into turn 14, but still Andy Merrick isn't quite close enough to pounce. In fact, Andy was slightly slow around the middle sector of the lap, might have been going past uh, another runner, but uh, where he should be gaining, needed to be gaining, he has not been gaining. So for Jean Gloria, race started by Alexander Torrell. Don't forget, their silver standard driver was expected to pull clear, but two safety car periods put him back with everyone onto his tail, not once, but twice. And that was why Jean Gloria suddenly found himself with a battle on his hand. Andy Merrick may be trying to gain one more time, but with uh, just under a minute left on the clock, it's looking as though this one is in the bag. It will be five wins in a row for the DKR engineering combination. Colin Noble should have been up challenging, but uh, not one, but two driver transgressions of exceeding track limits. He doesn't stand alone in having those as we go around this, the final lap. But that took the... The entry from Nielsen Engineering and shoved it back down the orders, back in sixth. Should have definitely been a podium and, quite frankly, could have been a win. Remember as well that in the GT3 element of the Michelin Le Mans Cup, if you win the championship, that gives you an invitation to next year's Le Mans 24 hours as well. We saw that was the case for TF Sport. You and Hanky and Sally Yollick took victory in the inaugural season for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, GT3 Le Mans Cup as it was called then. And they appeared at them on this year. They were they're in the ELMS proper, indeed. So the question remains, where will DKR Engineering be racing next year? And indeed, where will EB Motors be with the chance to go to Le Mans in 2018? This is the final time, though, through Turn 12 for 
the DKR Engineering Norma. There's only one Norma in the field, but it's been the class of the field for the last five races or so, and was duly awarded the title a month ago for its two constant drivers, Alex Torrell and John Gloria. We've had one or two driver changes elsewhere in teams. It's those that uh, keep their driver combos the same that tend to have the most success. So through the final corner, for the final time this year indeed, the Michelin Le Mans Cup comes to a close with another victory for DKR Engineering. They sealed the title at Spa-Francorchamps. Best result of the year, though, for Motorsport 98, for Andy Merrick and Eric Dodonka. Congratulations to them. And a hard-charging Michele Rugolo will finish in third position, along with his teammate Claudio Sedanovic. So, spirit of race bagging third place. But what about the GT uh, title? That's still to be decided. It's in the favour of EB Motors. Emanuele Busnelli's halfway up the debris fencing on the main straight, ready to call his man home, Fabio Babini. Well, he's having to wait. The car he needs to see home, well, two cars. He has to see that number 20 Porsche win the class, and uh, Ben Barker sitting on a tidy advantage in that, but he has to get to the finish. He's at turn 13, turning to 14 now in that Porsche. As long as he comes and takes the 25 points for victory in the GT3 class, that will deny Lee Mole and his gang, the AMD tuning crew for, for the chance for Lee to take the title. It will go the way of Evie Motors, surely, as Ben Barker sweeps down through the final corner on the final lap. There he is, the Gulf Racing UK Porsche. A very tidy win for them in the GT3 class. And as he takes the chequered flag, that confirms that Lee Mole will not become championship champion this year. It'll be Babini and Busnelli. So, waiting then for Phil Keane to cross the line. That will lock him into second position. Third place in a moment will go to Andrea Pacini. I uh, mistakenly identified that that the metallic blue Ferrari had come in and gifted this car another place. That wasn't the case, but fourth position will do it. Three B Motors over the line, and Emmanuel Busnelli absolutely ecstatic at that result. He's been taken through the mill over the last two hours, thinking... That they were absolutely out of the championship. The car was in the pits for seven minutes, getting all that repair work done. A new bumper, a new front cover, a new front right wing as well. The radio message is still being sent to driver Fabio Babini, though. Congratulations, but also make sure you adhere to the regulations on the slowing down lap. Try and pick up some of that excess marble and rubber to make sure the ride height is fine at the end of the race. Oh, but the, finally, the celebrations can start at EB Motors. And the contrast picked up supremely there. The joy at EB Motors. Everyone jumping around. Limo standing on his own on the pit apron. Yeah. No one to congratulate him because he hasn't won the title. It was hard fought. They were right in there to the mix. But uh, somehow, just somehow, when it all seemed to have exploded for the 46, Ebi Motors Lamborghini, they did just enough to work their way up the order. But if it hadn't been for the problems for the SVC Sport Management Lamborghini... Be Lee Mole who was celebrating. On these small things, championships can be sorted. And it's very likely that we'll be seeing the EB Motors colours in the GTE AM category of the 2018 Le Mans uh, 24 hours next year. But confirmation that Alex Torrell and Jean Gloria are champions in the LMP3 element of the Michelin Le Mans Cup. It's been a highly successful season with prototypes now in this category. We'll wait to see whether the promotion and relegation idea will happen over the winter. Surely DKR Engineering, top of the list to be promoted into the European Le Mans Series if that happens. But a tremendous fight in the GT3s. It's been 
quite slim on the ground sometimes, slim pickings as far as the entry numbers are concerned, particularly at Spa with only four cars. However, and there you can see the marshals thoroughly enjoyed that race as well. Um, you know, the, the GT3 uh, entry has been bolstered this weekend. And, uh, well, EB Motors kind of grateful that there weren't that many cars in front of them by the end, particularly the number eight car hitting dramas. That Lamborghini will pick up a race finish for Stevie S and for Cedric Mezar, but it was in the pits for ten and a half minutes receiving work, um, as Bruce suggested, perhaps clutch-related. Only one non-finisher, that being the number four cool racing by GPC car that's uh, not been qualified because of uh, the lack of distance that that car covered. Something like three visits to the pit lane as well for penalties along with its mandatory stop. Here comes Ben Barker into position though. It will be great to see Golf Racing UK a regular entry for next year's Michelin Le Mans Cup. Ben and Andrew Baker, his teammate, have thoroughly enjoyed their part season. And that's a, that's a team on the grow that's talking mm. of running two cars in the World Endurance Championship next year. Yeah. Brilliant. So uh, certainly for Mike Wainwright and the crew and Owen Daly running all the commercial side of that. A little bodywork damage on, on the door there. Yes. Ben's going to me. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Andrew, Andrew, something. Yeah, but the telltale uh, donut ring from a tyre possibly on the side of that car. And as you say, a little bit of a ding in the driver's door as well. But congratulations now from Alex Torrell to Jean Gloria. Hey, you can finish a race as well as start one. Fantastic, Jean. Where can we go next year? And congratulations as well from Matt Bell there to Ben Barker. And Matt finishing off the number 22 Ligier, having taken that over from Jim Maguire. Good result actually for Matt getting that car into the top four, despite uh, Jim Maguire's various off track moments in his stint. There are the champions, though, and the winners of the final race of the year, Jean-Gloria and Alex Torrell for DKR Engineering. And we'll be hearing, therefore, the Luxembourgish national anthem in a few moments' time. And I, I think for Jean-Gloria, he will enjoy that particularly because he was hunted down and he had to really hang on and he did what he needed to do. Of course, he was helped with Colin Noble being called into the pits, but you want to race, don't you? And uh, certainly to race around this fantastic circuit just inland from uh, Portimao. Uh, a really lovely way to end the season but but as you pointed out there are ups and downs and will we see AB Motors at Le Mans next year would be absolutely fantastic so two years in and the Michelin Le Mans Cup is really really proving it's worth going very much so and we'll get some reaction in a moment or two from Fabio Babini and Emanuele Busnelli a downbeat Busnelli we bumped into halfway through the race of course Charlie George uh, doing a difficult interview with Emanuele he really didn't know what was wrong with the car at the time Fabio Babini may be able to shed a bit more light on it though and we'll get some reaction as well from first of all DKR Engineering Alex Torrell with Charlie Well Alex before the race you guys said that you wanted to end with a win but that wasn't an easy one was it? Yeah I wanted to keep some excitement for the last race of the season so it was not like the others but at the end of the day we, we won and it's the important thing you know uh, the safety car at the beginning was really hard for me because all the pace that I could build was uh, all the times gone. So, but John did an amazing job and uh, he kept always the car. He is really hard with the track limits. He was having a good pace, struggling a little bit with the tires at the end. But as I said, 
perfectly worked by the whole team, especially by John. Uh, he gave me almost a heart attack, so I would not let him do any more the second stint. I think I will keep it for myself. <laughs> and John, did you enjoy finishing the race for change? Very much, very much. The pressure was on, so uh, but that's how we like it actually. So uh, it was an interesting race, very much. Thanks, guys. Well done. Thank you. It's a very faint cloud hanging above the number three car now because of a message on the screen saying it's been reported to the stewards for taking the chequered flag twice. Anyway, we'll call it as we see it. 64 laps completed for DKR Engineering. It's another win. 3.4 seconds, though. Andy Merrick got really close for a best result of the season for Motorsport 98. Spirit of race third with Michele Ruglo finishing that car off. And Matt Bell, a great result for the 22 United Autosports Ligier finishing fourth. In GT3, it was a win for Goal for Racing UK. Lee Moll missing out on the championship. That goes to EB Motors, but let's get some reaction now. Down with Charlie again. Well, that's a nice way to end the season, isn't it, with a win? I know you weren't with us all year, but a fantastic way to finish. Oh, absolutely superb. And uh, I just followed instructions as normal, which was to keep it on the black stuff where I could and then try and hang on to them and then hand it over to this guy here who's uh, an absolute star. Absolutely, Ben, a great run from you there. Yeah, it was great. I couldn't have done it without being uh, in position in the first place. So Andrew did a great job. Team did a fantastic job as well. Carl was spot on the whole way through the stint. And um, it's hot out there. And this track's hard work. Can we go to easier tracks next time, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Let's make it easy for ourselves. You love it, really. Well done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> ben Barker, always complaining, generally speaking, but he's quite happy, I think, beneath the surface and gets a bit more congratulation there as well. We'll look back on uh, what this race threw at us over two hours. Quite a lot, I can tell you. So the start of the race, uh, little did we know at this point, at nine o'clock this morning, that it was going to be so entertaining and so difficult to follow as far as the abacus was concerned in the GT3 Elements. Uh, we'll be getting some reaction from Fabio Babini in a short while. Look at the Duquesne engineering car from way, way back, overtaking two Graf Ligiers into the first corner. A great run there from Jonathan Jorge and a spin early on for Jim Maguire in the number 22 car, the first of many, sadly. There was also a spin for Eric Truyet in the Graf number 39, trying to pull a move on his teammate Adrian Schiller in car 65 and this was the real dramatic moment for EB Motors eventually going on to win the title but we really didn't think that was going to be the case with the car coming in in this state tyre down to the threads and lots of repair work required it was sent out initially after a quick fix there was a spin for Raymond Voss and the car number 46 EB Motors Lamborghini would have to come back in again a change of lead with Cedric Mezar taking it from Lee Mole at the time and this was the change in lead in the opening stint in P3 the two Alexes side by side Capadia overtaking Torrell at the top of the hill pit stops for the GT3s including the SVC Lamborghini Lee Mole and uh, Busnelli coming in together and this was again the battle for the LMP3 honours with Ross Warburton taking over the number 14 RLR Motorsport car. Change of lead for at GT3 with a great move up the inside at the hairpin from Ben Barker, leaving his breaking point to the last possible moment. Got up alongside Phil Keane, who couldn't hold him back. That was crucial as far as the championship was concerned. And then he took the lead overall in the number from the number eight SVC car. So Barker to the lead. 
Stevie S down to second. Golf Racing UK understandably ecstatic after that move from the Cambridge-based driver. And into the pit lane came Colin Noble. I think this was for one of the drive-throughs, actually, for Nielsen Racing. And sadly, that uh, took away from us a stonking fight at the head of the order between Jean Gloria and Colin Noble. Meanwhile, this was crucial for Lee Mole to get to the uh, second place in the class ahead of Stevie S. It meant that then this car and the seven were level on points, but it would be Lee Mole to take the championship because they'd had more second places through the course of the year. The championship, though, swung in a different direction towards the end because of a late pit stop, which took 10 minutes for the eight car. It meant that car 46 was able to get up to fourth position Two extra points gained, and that was crucial in the championship. 104 and a half points for EB Motors versus the 102.5 for Lee Mole. And here is the podium for the LMP3 top three. And the national anthem for the winning team. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.